0: John's brain isn't working this episode, so here it is. Here's John. Have you... I think...
1: Why the...
2: Do you know him? This is awful. Brian, feed him some lines.
0: Okay, uh, John, what is your opinion on ducks? That's some good material right there. Come on. They're like little swans. They are, aren't they? You got to quack it up. I quack, quack it up. Okay. <laughs> I'll give you another one. Oh, what? All right. Um, what flavor pop tart is your favorite?
2: We can only get really one here.
0: Unless you go to the special aisle in Tesco, and you can get the the cookies and cream one.
1: You ever go to Fresh? fucking pop tart city down there
0: oh they got birthday cake flavor yeah they do
2: that's so special yeah we had to import those from america before
1: i don't think i've ever had like birthday cake flavored
0: anything
2: birthday cake flavor is just vanilla yeah yeah
0: yeah it's just a sugary vanilla well done america you fucking cracked the code
1: Welcome to the Let's Fight a Boss video game podcast. The world's strongest video game podcast. I am sitting here with two of the most dangerous competitors in the Kengan Annihilation Tournaments. To my left, it's the Bird of Darkness with eight wins and zero losses. It's Brian. Hey, everyone. (laughs) <laughs> to my right the king of stranglers with 47 wins zero losses and one draw it's Neve. Oh. what what
2: I wanted an animal too you didn't give and I, me it's one it's a cow I, I call
1: it I give you the king of stranglers and you pick a fucking cow
2: cows okay. are brutal
0: it's a steer hell yeah they got fucking cool horns yeah but I am just like a duck with a a a, a car for some reason and with you
1: always it's the dark prince of the let's fight a boss podcast it's joan
2: <laughs> farmer
0: joan <Jome>. farmer joan's Jome. <laughs> here to fucking kick your butt
1: guys we're recording on a friday what yep so if you listen to this friday if you're listening to if you're looking at this podcast feed friday and there's no podcast there just remember that it's coming back Monday, and let yourself know that in the past, somehow. Would that be... Is that something we can... Is that feasible? That yeah. Is,
0: yeah, it, it means it's not our problem anymore.
1: I, like, I've seen our... I've seen what our listeners do. They're very creative.
2: Just write a note and memento it to yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah, tattoo it to your foot. you're not going to look at your foot that often. But when you do, you're really going to pay attention to it, so...
2: Alphab mm-hmm. out on Monday
0: until further notice maybe it'll change but you know at the moment it's a monday kind of show
1: i was thinking of like a kind of a, a kind of like special monday tagline we could give the podcast so what, what do you guys think of this
0: the kings of monday morning
2: sounds like it's never been used before <laughs> yeah
0: we could be like fuck off garfield there's a new fucking <laughs> there's a new piece of shit in town. fuck off garfield,
2: fuck off, garfield.
0: <laughs> that's a new yeah. so
1: that's the new t-shirt fuck off garfield it's just a sad picture of garfield <laughs> you like
0: that one brian yeah like a really really quick drawing of. Him. yeah we just need to get in touch with jim davis i'm sure he's accessible yeah. i think that's just an entire boardroom of uh you know they cubes yeah just say they're like picking <laughs> yeah honestly it's like Sale <laughs> and they're writing garfield every day and they're like how about if garfield has an iphone Or how about like Garfield and like John's like, Garfield, get out of here. Working on my app. Because grandma knows what an app is now. Garfield. Garfield. Uh, There you go. Where print media died. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Um,
1: Guys, we released a new video.
0: We certainly certainly did. We played a game very dear to my heart. But my heart was broken to a thousand pieces that day. Why? Because someone couldn't fucking make Kirby run. and Instead, (laughs) double tapped him so his butt scooted along the fucking floor like a fool.
2: He's like major ass rash. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That was a really fun playthrough to do. uh, Mostly because Brian was so frustrated. Yeah, I think I've never
1: felt such a cocktail of like rage and disappointment from someone. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Just like, (laughs) oh, like... I know how excited you are for us to experience that. And we were just way worse than you could ever imagine. I've never played a SNES game. Well,
0: recently. You have a SNES mini at home.
2: Yeah, you know what I do with those.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do. They collect dust on a shelf.
2: Yeah. Yeah
1: i have mine in a drawer and every now and then i open it and i go oh <laughs> and then i close the drawer
0: i think i play my snes mini once a month i actually think i'm like the one person in the world that actually like gave a shit about oh for thing. sure
1: yeah yeah, totally i bet if you added up like all the snes minis that people have bought and then added up the total errors played i bet the total errors played would be less than the number bought oh yeah yeah for
0: sure it, yeah but yeah it was a fucking novelty I, i'd say so many like normo dads got that as a christmas present from their normal wife and he was like joan you shouldn't have and then he's like it's just in the fucking attic collecting dust and someday when he's an old man and he's a widower he'll get it up he'll, he'll get it and he'll take it out and he'll be like joan you really fucking shouldn't have <laughs> but then his hands will be too old to play the game
1: do you guys ever think what it'd be like being a widower
0: uh Uh, no (laughs) because
1: me and michelle talk about that a lot
2: why do you think about your wife dying you're not even married yet
1: but like she's gonna live way longer than you oh i have to outlive michelle
2: why just to fulfill your fits in the wolf fantasy no because i don't want her to be sad oh
1: (laughs) that's the whole reason i don't want to
2: no you see men die first so women can live their best life for afterwards
1: yeah you see i it's it's tricky because it's like two things i feel very passionately about is not being alive for very long but not leaving michelle alone by herself and if only there was some kind of happy medium i'll take care of her where we could i'll give you no, my word Niamh, you're, you're getting way too unfamiliar <laughs> me you sent michelle a message the other day and it started with
0: hey bb hey that's a bit fresh that is a bit fresh isn't it
2: i can't believe she told you <laughs> <laughs>
1: well i had to because she was in bed and she was giggling about it and I was like,
0: <laughs> talking to fucking girls uh,
1: guys i watched the final season of orange is the new black after not barely watching any other more of that show
0: so you watched it more or less out of context pretty
1: much
2: have you seen the first season at all
1: i watched like two episodes of the first season and i was like i fucking hate this but
0: like you have the gist that there's kind of
1: there's women in prison one of them hasn't been in prison before i don't fucking know despite yeah.
2: her being there for seven years now i guess if we're on season seven
1: but that was the gimmick yeah starting off um this was a great season and i think i've misjudged orange's new black you liked this yeah i thought it was really really good
2: um, I, th- I really can't tell if you're fucking with us or am not genuinely really?
1: not fucking I thought Tasty's story this season
0: so fucking sad oh yeah no, you poor Tasty I love Tasty so much and she's nearly
1: the main character
0: she sort of became the main character yeah. after they exhausted all of the Piper stuff
1: see here's, here's my thing I just now I think Piper is like a decent character like I, I get it I don't like her but like yeah she's she's like I can see what they were going for with her and yeah yeah it's cool a lot like she was barely in a lot of this season
0: yeah around around season four they stopped giving her flashback episodes and she i think there's a couple episodes where she wasn't even in it yeah and it just suited the story better
1: and like her storyline with alex voss like uh, i was kind of into that but a lot of other stuff piper didn't care but it was really interesting seeing her
0: how spoiler do we get it's fine it's like like it's all there in the synopsis and in the trailer that she was in parole this season okay
1: yeah like so she's like trying to readjust to the world and there's a lot about like inmates going back out into society and i thought this season did a really good job of like showing how stacked the deck is against them and it was Mm -hmm. it was so frustrating and it was so sad but like the thing i think that really got me this season was like um the internment camp stuff part of this takes place in like a mexican internment camp and there was stuff in this and i have to i want to go research it myself because i don't know but there was some stuff in this and it was so fucked up that i was like this this is so ridiculous it nearly has to be true because you would be insane to make this up you know what i mean and i it, it was really real like it was really kind of there was a couple of points where the series really got me and I it makes me regret writing off Orange is the New Black so quickly the first time I watched it. Well,
2: you see, the thing with Orange is the New Black is it was good and then at some point it became, and this is why I haven't started season seven, it became real misery porn. I think it was after Poussey died I stopped watching it because that was so brutal and so... Horrible and nothing really came from it. And it was reading, really riding the line between like the first season was this, like, I guess a dark comedy, and then it became like a social commentary about these people, these women in this prison system. But it was also very, like, watch them suffer a lot of the time.
1: See, the misery sustains me.
2: Yeah, after seven seasons of seeing like like I don't know the poussée that like her being choked out on the floor was just one of just such an awful thing to watch that I feel like a lot of Orange and New Black fans, especially like me as well, yeah. I, like just got
1: See, fatigued for me, with that. I, I I watched like parts of the first season and it was like I thought it was like kooky.
2: It was season one was kind of kooky. And
0: it's I a very hated silly show.
1: That, yeah, you know what I mean. Like I really didn't like that. And even parts of that where that kind of poked through in season seven, I was a little bit like, mm. but like that's that that's a real personal thing. Like I, mm-hmm. I was, I was, I would never come around to that style of comedy, no matter how well it was done. But a lot of the misery, like it's interesting how you describe it as misery porn, because
2: stuff like, i mean but you're saying this as someone who's watched two episodes of season one and then season seven and has missed five seasons in the middle hmm. if you watch seven seasons of kind of i could pretty happily
1: win- watch five seasons of that wow,
0: there's a some, lot of just scenes, some of it's awful it, it, there, there's so many scenes of just a woman struggling to get somewhere and just being told no
2: or just being beaten in the showers or just like there's a lot of abuse and like it's yeah, good some the, as well. some of the
1: abuse stuff was a little uncomfortable alright
2: yeah like and it's good because like also, you're, you're sure showing this is, yeah no but know? that's what's, what's good about it but at some point it's just like I, I can see why in 2019 like people are like I need to check out of this kind of TV you know what I mean I don't think I need to see this,
1: I mean, fair enough. I don't think that would ever be me, but I get where you're coming from, um, Brian.
0: What do you think of this season? No, I, 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 I think I enjoyed it more than last season. I didn't enjoy last season at all. I really liked the previous season where it all takes place over two days. I want to go back and watch that season. It's, it's a very silly season. There, and there is some really fucked up shit that season. Mm-hmm. Um, but this season had a new car. I had a bunch of new characters where they were all detention center uh, deportees or soon to be deported. And there was one character, uh think she's like a legal secretary, but she has she's separated from her two sons. But she has her own episode, and it's the saddest thing ever. Oh, yeah. I really, really liked her character and just everything is against her. And I I I was genuinely bothered by her storyline because of how sad it was. There was a
1: really awful bit where um a woman kinda gets like it's some weird happenstance that she ends up in an immigrant. Like, her, her green card hadn't gone through yet. Some some weird coincidence, and she just ends up in this internment center. And so her husband comes to visit her. But when he comes to visit her, they do, like, an automatic background check on any visitors, and they find that his green card isn't Jesus. going. And so he gets, like, put into one of these camps as well. And it's it's really fucked up. Yeah. But, like, I, it gave me context for how bad... The situation in the border is right now and just how like completely fucking wrong it is you know and it's it was good like it was i i thought it was really strong storytelling
2: cool i'm i'm like i'll watch it on your recommendation like it sounds like this yeah. is dealing with some more relevant stuff
0: mm. the, the last 10 minutes i didn't like but the the last 10 minutes where you kind of get your closure it oh, was fine I
1: completely zoned out for that whole thing
0: yeah same like it wasn't like you know six feet under or something like that where you get like a bunch of open-ended closure yep. at the same time or do like they that.
2: still do the goofy prison guard stuff
0: yeah because yeah.
2: that's kind of a frustrating aspect of it as well where it's kind of throwing the realities of the, these women in prison and internment camps now and then it's kind of like there's some people who were evil but there's some who are just kind of goofy and mm-hmm. well-meaning there's, there's one
1: character he's like a really goofy prison guard and he's like he's like a character from the office Yep. And he always seemed really out of place to me. There is one Marie Kondo joke in this that made me laugh my ass off. <laughs> it was really funny.
0: There are bits in the season where a character does something right and you're like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Those bits make it worth it. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I think that show existed. I think if it was made now it wouldn't get made on Netflix. I think it actually was ahead of its time. Mm, yeah, it was.
1: It was, and because, like,
0: yeah, because the show was a risk at the time. I think it was like the second or third show that Netflix made, because the first one was House of Cards, and then there was like some other sitcomy thing. But like, this was like the other show that they made back in 2013 when they started producing their own content.
1: You know the way, like the popular thing is House of Cards got really bad.
2: Yeah, it was never good. <laughs> it was never ever good.
1: But yeah, I was i i i really like to be proven wrong about things i don't like and i i think i was wrong about this show like even i think if i went back and watched the first season now even though it's like a lot kookier i think i'd have like a different appreciation for it because i i understand what they were going
2: for mm-hmm. and I, I thought it was cool you know that's cool uh, really surprising yeah i was surprised yeah it makes me want to watch it yeah
0: there you go, everyone.
1: There you go, <laughs> Guys, Thank you blast. for joining us for that's why the boss video game podcast. And we're gonna go for our loot drop section. Brian, what do you got?
0: Um, I actually got one more TV show to talk the about. The
2: world's smallest cat, part two.
0: <laughs> You're so lucky that video wasn't like fucking racist or made you look like the biggest jerk. I was so lucky with that video. Just a really small cat. Um, I watched the boys. I'm so curious. Yeah, All me right. too. People uh,
2: have been asking.
0: Okay, the boys. Uh, this have
1: you have you read the comic? Yeah, you? I love the comic. Yeah, really? Yes. Oh man, but, I I'm very fond of that comic. Uh,
0: so the comic is uh, a Garth Ennis comic. It's what he made after Preacher. So I guess he made Preacher in the 90s, and then he made The Boys in the in the 2000s. Because I because I remember us reading it about 10 15 years ago. It's crazy. I never finished that um i finished it via a wikipedia synopsis right and when that comic was good it was fantastic but oh yeah but i think it did suffer from pacing issues
1: yeah also sometimes they'd switch out the artists
2: yeah i was gonna say that comic can look really ugly
0: yeah yes some really awful digital art where someone is like using the burn tool yeah it was
1: Uh... it was 2001 people were just discovering the burn tool
0: Everything
2: was so spherical.
0: Yeah, so it it was definitely one of those comics. head. Yeah. So it it was definitely one of those comics that was making the awful transition from traditional to digital. Oh, yeah, you can see it happen. (laughs) And the boys had to fucking suffer from it.
1: But then some of the artwork was really expressive and cool.
0: Yeah, it was. Mm -hmm. And I do like that it's a response to Justice League and stuff like that. I know Watchmen does it in a way more, uh, I don't know, clever way, I guess. (laughs) But this is kind of like... This is the edgiest 15 year old boy, but kind of like, you know what? He's actually right. But this is, I think this is good edge. Yeah, it is. No, it is.
1: Man, like, I, sometimes it's not, sometimes sometimes it's kind of silly, but for the most part, just like them, like depicting superheroes as these fucking assholes who just have orgies the whole time and can do whatever they want.
0: I thought that was fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the TV adaptation, it's on Amazon Prime and the first season is eight episodes and it's produced by Seth, Rogan, and Evan, who did uh, Preacher. So if you like the TV adaptation of Preacher, you will like the TV adaptation of The Boys. It's so old. It's in a similar tone. Then the actual like lead writer, co co developer, creator is the guy who created Supernatural. Because oh. that show just ended.
2: Oh
1: man, Michelle hasn't said anything.
0: Yeah.
2: She's in mourning.
0: Um, I, I'm pretty sure it's the same guy because I was like, okay, but tonally, um, it definitely feels like the comic The Boys. But what they've done is they've looked at like the media landscape of 2018 to 2019 and tweaked some of the things that might be considered, you know, controversial. Like you know, like that 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 would get a very bad review just for the sake of what was in it. What's in the basement, Mother's Milk? Yeah. What's in the basement? So, I guess an example is... Stuff in comic books can only ever sometimes exist in comic books. Because it's like, there's no way they could ever make that into a TV show or a movie. Because that is so... Like, messed up and disrespectful... That it would get too many complaints that they couldn't do it. And so there's a bit in the comic where it's the botched 9-11 rescue. Oh my god, yeah. So they do that but it's not nine eleven. it's just like a fictional plane hijacking but it plays out exactly the same
3: I, I, like I, that, yeah
1: that's yeah. fine
0: and like i was totally okay with that because my favorite part of that uh arc is how botched it got yeah and it's just because the superheroes have no formal training in like hostage rescue or talking down no there's... someone holding a hostage yeah, like like they, yeah. they have no formal training in it yeah and it's the main guy, Homelander, who is just like a fucked up sociopathic version of Captain America and Superman. Yeah, totally. And he overuses his laser vision and just fucks up the control deck of the airplane. And then the Wonder Woman character, Queen Maeve, who becomes a kind of emotionally closed alcoholic because of it, is handled really well too, and they, they make they kind of ground them in a sense of reality. Yeah. Um there's the stuff with Starlight you know the way she joins the Seven and it's not good yeah how far do they go with that Uh, they lean into the Me Too stuff and the guy that assaults her, uh, The Deep who's kind of like the kind of parody of Aquaman Mm. he issues a non-apology apology video where he's like oh I'm sorry you felt that way and it's done like so he looks like the biggest fucking dickhead it's it's it, it, it it's handled pretty well in 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 terms of the narrative.
2: Mm. Um, I haven't watched the TV show, but like when you're kind of doing satire based on this stuff, like say for example, like uh, Starlight's character, or just like the fact that there's one female character in the lineup, you know that kind of stuff, and it like it's a commentary nearly on the Avengers and you know Black Widow's role or whatever. Yeah does it become just that or do you think it's doing a good enough job at commenting on the mcu and what modern superheroes are
0: yeah definitely because in this universe there's no comic books there are comic books but they're based on the superheroes that exist in the world so they're seen as like social media celebrity heroes and whenever they announce someone in their new superhero group it's done as a keynote speech and nobody Ugh. believes that they're bad people because of how in control in the media and how well they do press releases and touring panels and stuff like that like they can work a crowd so well in their mm-hmm. favor um what else do they do that's kind of like for me it was like i really didn't like the pacing in the comics but they burn through so much of the first couple of like hardbacks of the comic in this and then kind of rewrite stuff so that it's much neater and a lot of stuff happens in eight episodes that would have taken like two or three years worth of comic to happen That's like they really cool. really burn through the material so like it'll end on a cliffhanger at each episode and you're in for the next one did you ever watch
1: preacher Eve? no i think you'd really like it yeah, yeah. preacher's fantastic yeah ruth nega is
0: just the best in it yeah season four of that just started but i haven't watched it yet i don't know
1: it. i have not watched season three yet i think i want to watch the boys first though
0: yeah then the, the boys is very I, I think the cast is fantastic the superheroes are never not in costume which i think is very funny they're always like themselves except for annie who plays starlight because she has a relationship with huey they change huey because like his likeness is based on nick frost
1: no or, like, them.
0: S- S- simon pegg yeah Uh, And in that he plays a Scottish guy called Wee Huey. Uh, But in this he's an American guy that kind of just looks like the guy from the OC. But his dad is played by Simon Pegg. If people aren't familiar
1: with the boys, the idea is like it's not actually about the superheroes. It's about the boys who is like this like kind of weird kind of watchdog group who are superpowered but they're not superheroes. And it's their job to keep an eye on the superheroes and to keep them in line, which is good because the superheroes are, like, the worst people you could possibly imagine. They're like, not good folk. They're, they're like celebrities if celebrities had, like, you know, insane, inhuman abilities. So they're just the
0: worst. Yeah. Um, they did a really, really good job of casting all the boys. Like, uh, the females done by the girl played Katana in Suicide Squad... <laughs> But, cool but she has much more of a backstory in season one because you're the way for ages you don't know anything about the female yeah I always wanted to know more about the female like she's already more fleshed out in season one the Frenchman they've changed him a bit do they do his backstory not yes.
1: because I was thumbing through an old boys comic recently enough actually and I forgot that his backstory is that someone in France killed his father by ramming a baguette through him <laughs> And it's like a national sport over there, even though like it's obviously not. But it's like, and it's like it's like this made up backstory to make him seen. It's 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 really funny. It's weird.
0: Um, The guy playing Mother's Milk is very good uh, because I kind of found Mother's Milk very dry in the comics. But the the guy they have him in this one is very funny. They haven't like gone into Mother's Milk's backstory at all. But like he's very much like yes, my first name is Mother's and my surname is Milk. (laughs) (laughs) Like you call me MM.
1: Oh, and what about uh, the main
0: dude Bill the Butcher yeah uh, he's played by Judge Dredd what's that actor's name uh, he's also in Lord of the Rings and he was in um, does he
1: have a British accent
0: he's a New Zealand actor because he was in um, Thor Ragnarok as well he he, he was Cate Blanchett's right hand guy what's the guy I can't remember his name Someone's screaming at me at it about what his name is and that's cool. Frodo
2: Baggins. Frodo Baggins. Yeah, Frodo. <laughs>
0: okay. He's from New Zealand and sometimes his accent slips kind of kiwi but like it is a bit like all right my... Every time I hear kiwi I think it's an offensive
1: term. It's not. And I get no. a shock for a second and then I'm like oh wait no.
0: It's no, that's it's grand. Queen to Mavis fucking kiwi. See? Playing,
2: played by an Irish woman, isn't yeah, she? Yeah.
0: She's she was on that RTÉ show Raw. Oh yeah. But she's not irish in the show but she sure looks irish but she has an american accent but maybe she's like one of us where she sounds kind of like queen 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 Maeve doesn't really have that much to say because in the comics she doesn't do much either Mm.
1: she just fucks a bunch of male models and like
0: yeah in this one she's a closet lesbian um (gasps) but she can't but but she can't be a lesbian because you know of her image
3: i'm out (laughs)
0: i'm in and out yeah um noir is in it he does nothing because he does nothing in the comics he's the Batman. he does like
1: one thing in the comics and it's really scary
0: yeah in this he plays the piano
2: that's the scariest instrument <laughs> yes.
0: that is
1: the scariest instrument i think if ghost played the piano in front of me i'd fucking lose yeah.
0: it yeah, he's very good at the piano so maybe that's something to work with but it's really about homelander this season and the guy playing homelander is so good and like he just looks like such a dickhead that's good because
1: like i never finished i never finished the boys but i've always wanted to see the homelander get his head kicked in because he's like he is the most detestable villain yeah like he's like he's he's just
0: the worst yeah he's very good
1: okay I'm, i'm excited i'm gonna watch i'm gonna start
0: watching this tomorrow yeah i i very much enjoy this um there 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 isn't anything like too shocking if you've read the comics, but if you don't know anything about this, be warned. It's a bit messed up. Brian, that sounds fantastic. The best show ever made. The best
1: show ever made, finally. <laughs> or is it? Guys, I've been watching something. I've been watching a Netflix original anime called Kengan Ashura.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: So Kengen Ashura, it's really hard not to talk to talk about Kengen Ashura without bringing up Grappler Baki, because that's what it kind of is, you get like two episodes into Kengen Ashura and you're like, oh my god, the per- the person who writes Kengen Ashura loves Grappler Baki so fucking much that this may as well be an AU manga, it's crazy. It's all about like mixed martial arts it's an arena fighter it's a it's it's like this is like a martial arts battle manga it's one of those and it's a weird one because i think in the same way that like you know grappler backy what i love about grappler backy is grappler backy is obsessed with fighting but it's also obsessed with just like martial arts and combat sports and it has such a like deep love and respect for those things to the point that it nearly becomes a parody you know, King and Ashura is like Grappler Baki, except really surface level. It's just obsessed with like cartoony fights and nothing else. And in some ways, that means it's way more outlandish than Grappler Baki. And then in some ways, it's like it's way less out less outlandish because the universe takes itself so much less seriously. There's a guy in this whose fighting style is like a rocket launcher. He learned to fight like a rocket launcher. That's his deal. You know, there's another, there's another fighter whose fighting style is ballet. And it's like, it's really dumb. I want to I I give you guys some quotes from the first couple of episodes. Number one The Kengan Annihilation Tournament. Number two <laughs> 1,450 fighters. Maybe that man will be among them number three he died because he was weak michelle watched five minutes of this thing and she was like this is the most you show i've ever seen in my life
2: this sounds like if you fed a bot loads of anything you like and it spit out an episode of something
1: a hundred percent that's what this show feels like this show feels so unaware that other battle manga exists but i kind of love it it's like it's so dumb and it's so much fun and I've been kind of like circling Kengan Ashura for a while I read the first couple of chapters of it it's all based on a manga Um, I read the first couple of chapters of it like a year or two ago and I came away thinking like this is just diet grappler baki. that's what this is I still feel that way but man I had I burned through the 12 episodes of this I had such a fun time and a lot of it's just like the sort of cheesy, dumb side of battle manga, but it has stuff going for it as well, like this anime in particular. The manga, the drawings start off very, very rough, which is unusual because it's an artist-writer duo, and usually in that case, you'll get like a very talented artist who just draws and doesn't write. Very like rough, sketchy drawings, and with this it's weird because it's 3D, the vast majority of the show is 3D, and it looks pretty janky, like there's a lot of stiff animation and stuff, But the direction is, like, pretty decent. The music's great. It's all just, like, you know, butt metal. Like, fighting butt metal. Yeah. And it's, like, it's all done with enough personality that it's... I just really had a blast with this one. It's the kind of thing where this is a battle anime. You know, my favorite form of media is battle anime. And it's not, like... This wouldn't even make my top 10 battle anime, but if you love this kind of stuff, if you love really, like, melodramatic fighters, like, talking shit at each other and having, like, these big, intense punch-outs, it is totally that, and it is totally, like, amazing for that. And um, I had such a good time with it, and I'm really sad that I've run out of seasons for it. It's not going to do anything for you, if you don't like this kind of stuff you know this is not going to turn you around on that kind of thing but um, I, I kind of loved it biggest criticism I could say is that Grappler Baki exists and there's no reason that you would pick King and Astra over Grappler Baki unless you're a crazy person
0: do you know what this show kind of sounds like eating Burger King at the airport Brian this show is eating Burger King at the airport <laughs> like, there's nothing wrong with doing there's that there's nothing wrong with doing it but obviously there's better options. There but, is. But what's wrong with eating Burger King? If you King just and-
1: think about it a little bit and are willing to invest a little more money, there's way better options. But Ken is on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't, like, I don't mean to be dismissive of it. I, I genuinely had the time of my fucking life watching it. It was so, so good. All the fighters have, like, entrance music and, like, wrestler entrances, which I've never seen before. It's fucking amazing. And, um... It's, it's just, a lot of battle manga, there's always a tournament arc, right? Yu Yu Hakusho takes about 20 episodes to get to the tournament. Grapper Baki takes an entire season to get to the tournament. Dragon Ball takes about the same 20-25 episodes. This gets to the tournament in three episodes, and the rest of the, the whole rest of the anime is like, is a fighting tournament. Um, It also covers like, by episode 7, it had covered 45 chapters of the manga the manga is like 250 chapters. It's all it's all a fighting tournament. There's no real story. There's even a bit where someone is like talking to the main character and he's like, Oh, you want to find that man because he killed your master. And he's like, No, I I just I just I just I just want to show everyone how strong I am.
0: <laughs> he's no like personal stakes. Yeah.
1: There is interesting stuff, like um it's a fighting tournament run by like corporations, and so there's all these real life like imitations of corporations there's like nintendo with an e instead of an i uh, ronald mcdonald is one of the managers of one of these um
0: is he shredded
1: no he he's like he's like the manager and so he has someone else fighting for him okay um and there's there, there is some kind of stuff in there about like corporations like because all the martial artists really just care about fighting and, like, just, get, like, getting better, but the corporations are all making these massive financial. <laughs> the whole premise... Oh, I'll, I'll shut up soon. The whole premise of the thing is that, you know when, like, two corporations run into a stalemate? There's this secret underground martial arts tournaments that they both pick fighters for and sort the dispute at through there. So, like, there's always, like, land deals at stake, and it's, it's so fucking stupid. i love this anime 10 out of 10.
0: Okay, Neve, it's your turn. Nevil.
1: tell okay. us about Dark.
2: I can't top that. Oh, uh, I think you can. So, Dark was recommended to me by someone saying it's uh, Stranger Things for adults, which I've come. It's to, on Netflix, right? Yeah, it's a Netflix TV show, uh, which I've come to understand means it's it's Stranger Things with a plot. Um. Again, I don't really get the comparison yet, but I'm only three to, I'm only four episodes in, so I'm not going to say too much about it because I don't know where it, it goes. It's a German TV show and it's two seasons in. They're going to do another final season and that's where they're wrapping it up. I think Netflix was like, you get three seasons. At least they got three seasons. In. Yeah, RIP the OA. Yep. Um, <laughs> the Dark is set in a small town in a kind of rural rural Germany and there's always this big nuclear plant in the background and it has a very what I can only describe as German aesthetic even though I haven't seen a lot of German TV shows where it's very wide shots a lot of pop music and a lot of uh very big focus on sound design and inter interweaving 80s synth pop into the sound design it it looks and it feels like really really great it kind of opens with a real bang. It's a, it's a suicide of uh, a boy's father. And he leaves a note in a box that says, don't open this until November 10th or whatever. And that, that's your kind of starting hook. And you're kind of going, something's going on in this town. Birds start falling from the sky. Sheep are found dead in fields. And there's a missing boy we're getting a taste of every person in the town from the children who go to the high school to the adults their parents there's a woman who runs a hotel who's in just who's just so frustrated at all the news about this missing child because it's ruining tourism to the town there's the police chief who's trying to find this boy who's dealing with distraught parents who are like what have you done there's another police chief who's trying to find the middle ground between these two people and sort it out and you're getting all these characters thrown at you and you're like is this about the kids or is it about the adults and you start to figure out there's like there's cheating there's all these relationships going on between the adults and you're like why is why is this important then a night comes and a group of kids from school are like That missing boy had a drug stash in the caves. If we go and get his drugs, we can sell them. So four kids and their kid brother sneak off to the cave. Something happens. They don't know what it is. It comes at them and they run. The little boy goes missing. 33 years ago, another little boy went missing. That little boy then wakes up. And it's 1986 and he meets his father as a teenager he goes to his house and he's like mom dad and it's like his dad there but he's young and he's like who are you what are you doing child at my house uh, fuck off i'm going to school and it's his dad and he's like run up against his family but at that time in that day where that little boy appears back in the past in the 80s another little boy goes missing who was his uncle and a little boy's body is found in the future and the okay, last
1: so are, are we seeing this like through the little boy's perspective or is it both it from
2: everyone's perspective in the town right and there's a bit a very helpful bit at the end of episode three where they line up the future version and the younger version so it's young dad and him as the cop in the town in 2018 so they go through the whole cast of characters this is young them this is older them this is young version of them this is older them there's something going on in the town where someone is stealing children and trying to find a portal between time this happens in the first three episodes and there's two seasons
1: all right Okay.
2: It's got a heavy setup. It's 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 interesting. You're kind of already putting the pieces together. Sorry if this was very spoilery, but like this is the setup. Um, maybe I'll put a spoiler warning.
1: I I don't think you need. A spoiler yeah, this warning, is
2: no. this is the reason to watch it. Like this is yeah. the like this is what's going to happen, and now the mystery gets solved. That's the hook. Yeah, that's the hook. Is there is a portal between the two thousands and eighty six? And can you get back? Can you get true? Who's doing it? There's a nuclear power plant. The nuclear power plant is failing because Chernobyl happened. What's going on?
1: You enjoying this Neve?
2: I'm I'm into it. Like it is like it's it's interesting. It's really interesting TV. It's like I haven't watched a German TV show in a very long time, I don't think. Um there's a dub of this if you don't like subtitles and it's it's I watched an episode in the dub just to see what it was like. It's it's pretty decent. I was actually like, wow, dub actors really give it their all. all <laughs> A lot right. of the breathy breathing for this sex scene. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, I, I think it's like if you want something dark and if you want some weird TV, then dark is something to check out. And its its aesthetic is like, it's, it looks cool. Like when birds are falling from the sky and there's just... It's like you don't see the German wilderness on TV a lot, so it's really like tall pine wooded tree areas and just an aesthetic you're not really used to seeing, especially on Netflix. Um, but it also brings in the '80s nostalgia with the music and the the children and the fashion it's 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 interesting and i'm really excited to see where it goes and i'm happy that they get i am happy it know it, to know what to know what gets an ending and it's not going to be just cancelled from net, by netflix with no kind of resolution to it all so i think you could go into this knowing there's two seasons there and another one to come and it's kind of a safe watch cool but uh yeah it's 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 inter- interesting and i'm glad i took the kind of i'm glad i watched it so far
0: all right good shit yeah, I I I think I'll check that out later this year.
1: Sounds interesting, guys. We all watched Full Force,
0: <laughs> the new documentary from iDubbbz. I think we all got recommended this, but it was Univ who was like, "Have you guys seen this?" It's yeah. like I saw the thumbnail and I was like, "Okay."
1: <laughs> yeah, huge change in direction from IDubs, who's like probably best known for like his content cops, where he basically goes after like. He problematically goes after another problematic YouTuber. Yeah. I think um, I've always felt kind of mixed about them. I think he's fucking insanely talented. It's it's a weird area, you know, the whole kind of drama sphere stuff.
0: Yeah, like, I don't know why you would actively seek that out because it's really, it's like the most toxic of environments.
1: Yeah. Saying that, I have gone down several massive drama holes with this stuff.
0: I can tell you all about Leafy's here. <laughs> I didn't even know who this dude was, and now I do, and th- and that's a thing.
1: Yeah. Um. So, this is a 55-minute documentary he uploaded to his channel about another YouTuber, but not, like, a content cop. This is iDubbbz going out to this guy's, like, home yep and visiting him and the name of the youtuber is airsoft fatty and (laughs) i love that username so much it's this guy who makes a lot of different kind of content he makes uh cooking videos he makes airsoft videos uh mainly known for his darth say his lightsaber duel videos and if you're a star wars fan i Uh, do want to weigh in on
2: so um, Fatty is a prequel, a fellow uh, prequel fan. His favorite battle is the Anakin versus Obi wan battle from Episode Three, and it's a very, it's a good one. That's Faddy, a good fight. Yeah. Fatty is a Jedi, true and true. Like he, he believes. Robert's a pa- Sith. Yeah, he believes in the power of the Jedi. We'll get, we'll
1: get there. Yeah, um, and so basically, Idubs goes to this guy's house because he. <laughs> if you haven't seen this documentary like when we're saying like i guess the lightsaber duels the spectacle isn't in this man's skill with the lightsaber it's much more like this very strange human in a very particular living situation who has
2: the shit out of each other
1: just yeah it's like these lightsaber duels go really wrong it's like some it's like a cross between jackass and a lightsaber duel and they're these like it's got a real backyard wrestling vibe absolutely
2: it's friends with a camera who are into something and they want to make a cool video
1: backyard wrestling vibes with the least physically capable people you could imagine
0: yeah and like boys who are now in their early 20s but have been doing it since their mid-teens yeah and they miss it
1: and is this the south no it's the
0: midwest it was midwest Yeah,
1: yeah um and it's a real Midwest vibe, like I think may I think we're we're all kind of fascinated with the kind of culture of small town America. Yeah,
0: because yeah. you know how like you you've got the two elitist coastlines. Yeah. And I've been to New and like we we, we we we've all been to New York, we've all been to LA and we know how multicultural and kind of open mind, more open minded they are. Mm. And I guess kind of more small town giant shopping mall open field america yeah is super interesting because it's like giant
1: shopping mall open field yeah for sure we Uh, just don't see it no like i i've 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 never been to a walmart
2: yeah exactly like i went to walmart once and it was the best thing ever we see cities but we hear about small town america and then like a lot of our
1: favorite media twin peaks like Mm -hmm. that is serious like small town america stuff and so i love this kind of stuff I love seeing these people and like there's so much to it but like you know these guys like their life is these lightsaber duels and, and you know they don't, there isn't a whole lot else for them you know and it's kind
0: of sad yeah but then they seem to be okay with it because like that's all they want well
1: Airsoft Fatty's making a like he's he's making a career like he's he's running a successful YouTube channel he has yeah. a Patreon he's doing it full time that's not easy like no. not a lot of people get to do that
2: what was your favorite moment from it uh, the
1: Robert interview
0: <laughs> the Robert interview was very good I also really really liked Mike Mike was just the best
1: yeah I also liked Preston the cat who yeah. wore a dress
2: there's a gr- like Mike is like Fatty's like good friend and I is us. like I think he's just really Fatty's friend yeah and they're, they're talking really highly of him he's just like he's here to look out for Fatty and stuff and then all of a sudden he's just like He's a bit of a pyromaniac, and it just cuts to him looking blankly at a flame, and he's just like, "He's he's he's set a few fires without consent while we've been here."
0: I really like the bit where they were asking him, "Does he like Star Wars?" and he's like, "More of a Harry Potter guy." (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) it's crazy because, like, if you're an avid Let's Play the Boss listener, you'll heard you'll heard men you'll heard heard us make occasional references to our mic, um, and. This is a guy me and Brian went to college with.
0: A very interesting, mellow guy. Yeah.
1: He is exactly the same as the Mike from this documentary, except our Mike has a London accent. Yeah. Um, But so Idubs gets there, and he's kind of, you know, he, he's basically taken through Fatty's life, and he's kind of, like, shown all this kind of stuff. But, like, the central kind of narrative that starts to come out of this is that... The guy that Fatty is always lightsaber dueling in these videos is his friend Robert.
0: But they had a falling out.
1: But they've fallen out, and Idubs becomes like hell bent on
2: a reunion episode. A reunion
1: episode, one last lightsaber duel. <laughs> um, and the reason they become the reason they fall out is because Fatty's saying is because is because Robert always goes full force, which is when you are fighting like you are about to die. And so Robert kind of starts to get built up as this sort of very dangerous, nearly mythical figure. And so about two thirds of the way through, they go for an interview at Robert's house. And I don't even want to say too much about it, but within like three seconds of that interview starting, you realize what kind of person Robert is. And it's, it's a
0: trip. I watched this video at work. I had to go to the bathroom for half an hour because I couldn't deal with it. <laughs> like, it just... <laughs> I know people like that. But it was just weird to see, like, a complete stranger be that... Just to, just to remind you of someone that you thought you'd you'd moved on from. Yeah. I think
1: I still have one or two Roberts in my life.
0: Yeah. Um... I, I, it was really fun to kind of watch this, but then have other people watching it along with you, and everyone kind of gets to the Robert bit, and everyone's like, <laughs> "Oh no, yeah, <laughs> oh
1: my god." Um, Brian, you were saying you you were saying in the chat to us that you thought it was like a really mean documentary.
0: Um, like the guy I dubs is definitely a nasty dude. Like he like he like he's mean, but like I think everyone in this documentary is it really putting their best version of themselves or just putting an honest version of themselves out like I don't think they give a shit if they're misrepresented or any way like, I, like they're not like I know they add in sound effects and stuff like there's a bit where like Fatty wipes his nose but they add in like a sound effect mm. stuff like that but like I, I do think they would watch the video and think it's great so like
3: yeah
1: I, 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 I think if say, they don't have a problem I, 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 did, like, I didn't find it like particularly mean spirited or anything um, I thought I thought it was alright Uh, I think iDubbbz definitely has like a mean streak in him as like you know you see in a lot of his stuff yeah I I I felt for the most part like it was it was pretty alright, and I thought like I don't I don't really want to spoil it if you haven't seen it but like the central message of the documentary like how he sums it all up that was kind of weirdly sweet you know and I thought he was kind of right with kind of what he was saying about you know airsoft fatty and kind of why he thinks airsoft fatty is kind of cool what do you think, Neve?
2: I liked it. I like, yeah, like, as we've said about iDubbbz, has a mean streak and you can definitely critique it and maybe a lot of people would be upset that we're even recommending this. But like, I I did feel like there was a heart to this. Me too, like, totally. I kind of uh, thought, like I said to the guys, it kind of reminds me of Gothic King Cobra. Yeah. yeah. And if you guys have seen that, Gothic King Cobra is kind of like, it just, it's bleak. But interesting, this kind of felt more hopeful like it kind of like like these are guys doing what they want to do and they thought this was fun and they had a fun time and i don't think anyone came out of it mad at i-dubs or pissed off and as like brian said like felt misrepresented no
0: i i I do think they put an honest version of every person out there like
1: i think the most damaging thing or one of the craziest parts of the whole documentary was the robert interview yeah that was completely unedited Mm -hmm. like because the, the mic fucked up and they couldn't edit it. Yeah. So like that just, that interview just played as it happened. and oh.
0: The bit with the, the knife.
1: That was the bit yeah. where I was like, oh, <laughs> okay.
0: Because, because cause, cause then if you read the comments, everyone's like, that guy.
2: He'll kill someone. He yeah. seems like someone who might kill someone.
0: Like six months time, that guy could be on the news. I, I like i i do think it's good to bring awareness to those kind of people before they get worse
1: my favorite part of the whole documentary was like the scene after the lightsaber duel where no one really knows what to do yeah and it's weird because like you actually it does really feel like you're kind of watching like the end of this friendship like in a very real way yeah and neither of them know how to deal with it so they have one final lightsaber duel and they're both just kind of like oh I guess, I, I guess i'll guess i i'll see you around you know and it, it's kind of weirdly sweet i thought
2: it, it has a sadness to it and even like like fatty's mom gets interviewed a few times and like they She's talk about great. the hardships they've kind of gone through because like fatty's uh, father died and stuff and even her like being like she doesn't really want him hanging out with robert and you can see why and you're like yeah. it's a mom looking out for her kid in the best way she can kind of stuff
1: yeah and yeah like here's what i'd say like um when the shane dawson documentaries came out like I, I i was very critical of them like and i i still am i don't i don't like the shane dawson stuff at all and i've only grown to dislike it more especially as that jake paul series went on mm. especially as the eugenia what's her name cooney cooney, eugenia cooney. i thought
2: that was really irresponsible
1: <laughs> um the shane dawson documentaries to me like they feel empty like they they feel like nothing
0: yeah know? like, like...
2: I, I always find them interesting but they do feel like p.r
0: he's he's like pretending to be concerned mm-hmm. but you know there's an ultimatum or like or, or, or that, that, that he has got an ulterior motive of
2: it's for the views yeah it's running youtube 100 yeah. but yeah. i
0: just feel with the guy i dubs like okay you're not gonna love the guy but
1: well like how many content cops could i dubs have done with the resources this documentary would have taken loads you know and those are uh, those content cops would get way more views mm-hmm. than like like imagine he did like a content cont on Chain Dawson Maybe 20 million yeah. views in a week easily yeah. this is not going to do this is still going to do insane numbers because it it's iDubbbz yeah yeah like already. so it's still gonna but yeah. like if you compare that to like you know his rice gum yeah. video or whatever like but iDubbbz is doing this because he thinks these people are really strange and interesting
2: and he also does it like just as youtube as a platform these are youtubers have been who've been on the platform for years who are kind of underground like they're the outside artists of youtube and yeah, in, the, in a place where youtube is very like corporatized and very based on advertising because like people can make careers out of it and like it's very vlogger central and stuff mm. um it's nice to kind of have a spotlight like shun on these other creators who are kind of doing stuff for the love of just recording stuff and putting it out there you know like fatty just likes star wars and he wants to recreate a super epic star wars fight that's why he's doing it he's doing his cooking with fatty because he wants to show you how to cook a cheap meal with ramen like because that's what he wants to do like you know what i mean like he he there's no pretense to him other than he enjoys it and I think that's cool and that's really nice. And I like the idea that iDub said he wants to do more of these. Me too. I, I like, yeah. I really want him to find these YouTubers I've never heard of and give them a moment, you know, whether it's good or bad, we'll see in the future. But Yeah, and like, it, especially
1: cool. with this documentary as well, like, I did, like, as a documentary, I did feel like there were places where it kind of dragged. There was maybe parts where, like, the focus was a little all over the place i'd love to see him like but obviously he has a talent for this stuff like this is a good documentary i enjoyed mm-hmm. the hell out of it i'd love to see him refine like his talent and like keep going with this stuff because i think it's fucking awesome
2: he could grow into it in a really hundred percent interesting way he's
1: like a really mean louis through
2: yeah
0: yeah no I, I i i i really like documentaries that are about unusual people or situations like you know the way so many documentaries now are just true crime documentaries mm-hmm. but like i was trying to go through a list of like documentaries i liked that aren't about a murder and all of a sudden the list becomes way smaller but you have stuff like the rv guy winnebago man yeah oh where it's such st- a good documentary where it's just something just like a person on a bad day or yeah like just 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 something about a human being that catches your attention a
1: man who became a meme before memes were memes
0: yeah um and that kind of reminded me of it yeah
1: but, um, full force it's all on YouTube it's free go watch it it's cool guys let's move on into our strategy talk guys I beat Dragon Quest
0: congratulations
1: yep Dragon Quest 11 I finally beat it that's a solid ass game that is really really good I play. it took me 50 hours to beat and I enjoyed every single bit of it. Um, There is maybe one or two missions where it drags a little bit, but if you just like a good-ass RPG, that's what this is. I would say, like, it never gets over the bar to, like, where I want to, like, scream about it and just be like, this is amazing. Like, it always stays at consistently very good. And as it goes on, I think, like, it opens up in a lot of really interesting ways. Like, the level-up system... Like, it seems nearly kind of basic or limiting to begin with, but like, you can break that game by the end of it. Like, I had such specific party setups, things going on. I had like two characters who were focused on buffing one other character, but then one character by herself who was like a self sufficient unit who could like heal and buff herself and like do loads of damage herself. And it was really, really cool. Um, it's interesting because like what you always hear about dragon quest games is like they're just like these meticulously made rpgs that's what it was there wasn't anything in the story that you wouldn't get in like a bedtime story like a children's bedtime story there was nothing it's like things get a little dark in the second half but i've heard people be like oh it shit gets so dark it really doesn't (laughs) it's like it's like the bad guy starts winning for a little bit and that's okay you know um but it was just it it was fantastic like just as like in terms of like how the battles work and the visuals it was just like complete polish so easy to play so easy to enjoy every like quest in the game takes like an hour so you take you play it for an hour you beat the boss you're done and then you come back the next day and like that's how it's designed you know so what I would say is like everything that's good about it is also like it's kind of detriment if you're not into rpgs if you don't love this stuff there's nothing about this game that's going to appeal to you like there's just nothing you know what i mean but if you love especially like super nintendo era rpgs this is basically one of them except it looks really beautiful in 3d that's it and i'd have no trouble recommending it to people like if that's the kind of adventure after and i'm really glad i beat it like it was it was great um Really good gay character in it, shockingly. It's like he doesn't have any relationships, but the dude is gay as the day is long and at no point is anyone grossed out by him. At no point does he, like, impose... Do they do the thing where... He makes like...
2: a pass at the main character or He's
1: flirty with the main character, mm-hmm. but he's, like, flirty with everyone. Like, he calls everyone, like, darling, but mm-hmm. he has, like, a special fondness for, like, you know, attractive dudes. But it's never it's never too much it's never disrespectful he's just a great character and um, he's
0: fleshed out in other areas as well
1: oh yeah he has like you know he has issues with his dad and all this kind of
0: stuff okay and, like, so he's not just a one-dimensional like gay best friend kind of character he's
1: also like the most capable dude in the group like he has a good head on his shoulders as well and yeah like he he's kind of he has issues with his dad and it's really not hard to read like the subtext in that bit um he forms a band of attractive young male dancers who become worked into his special attacks in some fun ways and it was a really refreshing character and like all the characters are fun but i've never i've never i've never seen like a gay dude depicted that well in a jrpg like especially when you compare it to like just whatever the fuck persona persona has going on most of the time you know and it was really refreshing like that um really quality game i beat the main story and like the post game opened up and immediately with the post game what i've read is that there's an additional 20 hours of story which is insane that's so much like the credits roll now i i haven't played it so i can't confirm it this is just what i read online and i wouldn't be surprised if someone was exaggerating but this is also a world designed to be explored in the post game like so much stuff changes post game and it's it's cool and the day after i beat it i really had an urge to go back and play more of it and i think that's probably the highest like credit i could give this game it was great and it's coming out on the switch later this year i would absolutely recommend it to people if you just want a really solid RPG to chip away at super charming super fun dragon quest 11 check it out brian yeah you have been playing baba
0: is me Baba is you. (gasps) Baba is who?
1: Baba
0: is you. You? Baba is whatever you want it to be. Sometimes you're not even Baba. What? Do you guys know about this game? I've heard bits and pieces. Uh, It was on sale on the Switch, so I thought I'd give it a go. Um, This game is something else. Sometimes it makes you feel like the smartest person ever. Sometimes you feel like a big old dum-dum. It's a puzzle game, I guess. And... You have a big overworld map and you can go in, and you you can chip away at the puzzles, whatever way you want. But sometimes you'll kind of come across one and you're like, oh, my God. And usually the solution is real simple. It's just your brain, like, there's a lot of lateral thinking in the puzzles. Um, You play as a little white bunny rabbit called Baba. And there's text on screen. And I guess it's an old school game in that you push stuff around. You can push around objects, but you can also push around the text. And when you push around the text, it changes the rules of the the puzzle. So Baba is you means that according to the game, you are Baba, which is the little white rabbit. But if you move it to a rock, so there's, there might be something like uh, the rock is win or maybe the rock is solid. But if you go rock is you then you are now controlling the rock in the level.
2: <clears throat> okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like a little bit of coding as the puzzle? Yeah. Really?
0: So let's say you have a puzzle where you're Baba and you're trapped inside a wall of rocks mm. and the flag that you have to reach as Baba is outside the rocks. The way you would solve the puzzle is you would move the text around so that you are controlling the rocks and then you would slide the rock to the flag and it would count as a win. Cool. But... That's not how normal games are played, so
1: this this looks like a weird Nintendo game.
0: Yeah. Like this game could have been made twenty years ago. Like, Like there's nothing in this game that is limiting itself via technology. Like this is just no nobody thought about making this game until now. And you have to unlearn a lot of stuff. So I think the more video games you've played, the harder this is. Because it, it, it's just you really have to think outside the box of some of the puzzles and like they're all pretty simple puzzles and usually there's two or three different ways to solve them but you have to like and, and like there, there there is no way to brute force it really like you have to like think two or three steps ahead at all times about what are my limits and what are my hidden limits in this level
2: are uh, you enjoying it do you like it
0: I like it when something clicks but sometimes it doesn't click and you have to go, you know what? I've been spending an hour in this puzzle. And uh, I'm, I'm, I, I I, just I'm not going to get this one. I'm going to have to watch it on YouTube. And you watch it on YouTube and you scroll down through the comments and everyone is like, you're here because of this too, aren't you? <laughs> like, and, and, and so I guess I'm not the only one. Like, there is a community. Um, I do think like this game, like I, 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 I think it's for my game jam it feels like it was made by the developers and it wasn't really play tested that much. Like, right. the people who made this game know how to play this game, but new players who don't, who kind of have to go along with it, they're not really, like, introduced to stuff smoothly. Yeah.
1: I've heard a lot of really good things about this game. Yeah, no,
0: like, it is a very good game okay. and I, I, I'm, I, it's cool that it exists. Um, I need to play more of it, but I've been playing another game that's been occupying my time. But this is a very good game, and if you find any of the mystery of this like Alluring, and it's on sale, do I? I would recommend it. Yeah. How much is it? Do you know. I got it for like a fiver, and a fiver is fine. Oh, that's a good price.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Before we move on to that Alluring game, guys, I've been playing a new game called Street Fighter Five.
0: Okay.
1: Oh, Neve, I wish I could give a the expression you made. <laughs> We um, fucking go so yeah e- evo just happened and whenever evo happens there's a huge influx of new players street fighter 5 and so what i'll do is i'll hop on there with my low tier characters and push my win ratio into the positive because i'm a i'm a piece of shit and just uh, the scraps for john just the scraps for john and it's weird because it, it's weird going back to street fighter 5 now because at this point like we're getting pretty late in the generation and just how janky some of those character models look is really becoming horrifically apparent and that game still has a lot of jank and there's still some really shitty things about that game every time i go in there's like more and more stages added it's at the point now where i think i can play on one third of the stages in that game because it only shipped with like six to eight stages and there's like 20 stages and you have to buy them all and I think
2: that sucks it really sucks given how good Capcom has done what every other property but Street Fighter
1: the guy like the Capcom of Ori 2 remake the Capcom of Monster Hunter Worlds the Capcom of Devil May Cry that's the Capcom I wanted to say take another swing at Street Fighter because like there is so much I feel like just kind of bad decisions around this Street Fighter um. I guess it's kind of more of a news story but they announced three new characters e honda poison and lucia and um i was really disappointed with lucia she's from final fight three i think she might be she might be in two but i don't remember but um she's a really cool character she's like this cop girl and like her character model is really kind of
0: basic i i've seen her side by side with Cammy and a couple of the other blonde girls in street fighter they all have the same face.
1: Same face, same body, like pretty much. Yeah, it, it, it's just a costume change. It's just a costume change and um kind of sucks. Um and I think it's a shame because like the art in Street Fighter 5 is some of the weakest art the game has had for a while. Which is difficult because when it's good, it's really good. Some of the animations in it are fantastic, some of the supers in it are fantastic. Like some of the models are really good. I when they when they updated Cammy, I think Cammy looks amazing now and her animation is amazing, you know. But all that said, like getting back into this game, I really fucking love street playing Street Fighter 5. Like I got sucked back into it. I was like, you know, burning my dinners and playing too late and not getting to bed at the right time because I just play match after match after match and I'm still playing with Colin and um, she's one of the new characters this time around she's uh she was a background character in street or an idol an intro animation in street fighter 5 and she's playable on this and I just love her play style and I still really fucking love that game um but I think I would have played more Street Fighter V if it wasn't for something else that came out. Something that we've all been playing. And that is Fire Emblem Three Houses.
0: Yep. Hell yeah. Uh, How many hours are you guys into this game?
2: 35. Jesus. This is the game that I'm playing too late and burning my dinners over.
0: I'm about 33 hours in. We might be around the same part. You're, You're about... five ten hours in john five between five and ten yeah yeah uh we all picked the same house
2: black eagles black Black (laughs) eagles
0: um i've seen
1: some people say that they've noticed that like the black eagle players online are the like most shitty and dismissive to the other houses and all i can say to that is if you were good enough to be in the fucking black eagles you would be too
2: yeah,
0: yeah like it's the best house
1: imagine best imagine, house. imagine being someone who picked like the golden cows or whatever the fuck they are <laughs>
0: yeah or like the blue seals oh <laughs>
1: my god like okay i, I want is it okay if i address the those the people who have picked those houses directly Go for it. okay buddy you deserve better Like, why would you limit yourself like that? Why would you talk down to yourself like that and convince yourself that you belong in such
0: a shitty community? That's true.
1: That's all, I'm done.
3: Yeah.
0: Um This is the new Fire Emblem game for the the Switch. Um this you are in a school called Garrick Mac and you are a professor. And (laughs) You could tell that they were looking at stuff like Harry Potter for a reference. and
1: So a lot of the shit I love about this game is stuff that I saw in the trailer and I was like,
0: this looks lame. Yeah.
2: Yeah, none of the trailers really sucked me in. I kind of thought it looked really dull. I was
1: going to pass on this game yeah. until people started reacting
0: to it. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's 50% a strategy RPG and the other 50% is a social management game. And they're both
2: really good. They're yeah. super good.
0: So I guess... Things like Persona 5 and Danganronpa where you're going around familiar environments over and over and you're interacting with characters, but you're just boosting those social stats day by day. And you're giving them gifts, you're finding out what they liked, you're kind of going, Is this your last item? Is this your last item? This is your last item? Got a little heart. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to join my house? You need more magic? I'll work on it, buddy.
2: Where it kind of differs from, like, say, something like Persona 5 is Persona 5 is very based around every character's relationship to the protagonist, where I find a lot of the depth in the writing and the kind of interesting reveals in the character in Tree Houses is their conversations with each other, is their support and social links with each other. And like, I really like that about it. I like seeing two characters, I like interact and see what their relationship is, and then I like seeing how different their relationship is with another character. And just having them f- be fleshed out completely separate from me as the teacher. And it kind of makes you feel like a more tight-knit group nearly. Yeah,
0: no, they, they all really have their own agency. They're not like they're not in sleep mode when the main character is not around. Yeah. Like which... in
2: persona when the when they kind of when they talk to each other, they're nearly relaying the plot until they talk to you and then you get the character kind of development. Because they're confiding in you, but that in is, this they're... that is
1: most of the cutscenes in Persona. Yeah. yeah,
2: but in this they're confiding in each other, and it's like it's interesting to see them grow with each other and treat each other differently. You know,
1: that's one thing that I think the game does really, really well is like the sense of growth with your characters. I I really feel like I'm raising a bunch of stupid kids, and like when they
0: pass an exam, I'm really proud of them. And they and they become fucking warriors. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I there 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 are people on my team and if they die i rewind time and i make sure they you know they're staying with me there are people that i don't like they are put to the side and they have they're not holding any items they're not sent out on missions but i have my core team and they're very important to me
2: mm-hmm. um is everyone playing as female
0: uh yeah that <laughs> yeah yes
2: um cool i kind of <laughs> figured when you guys i saw you guys i
1: really it. like the female design
0: yeah i yeah, like her tights cool. yeah she's i i i, I want a figure of her she looks cool yeah, same
2: um before when we kind of saw like previews of this i was kind of a bit like oh the school thing's a bit skeevy but the school thing works so well so well like, so holy well. shit yeah. yeah like so i guess we haven't explained what type of game this is it's like like uh uh tile based
0: turn based rpg turn
2: based rpg Stra- and like, strategy rpg where yeah. you're controlling an army and like with any of those like say like final fantasy tactics or disguise and stuff you have like you have classes and you max out a class it makes perfect sense to attach that to an actual exam and a teaching and a schooling because that's what it like they're always learning and it's the first time where i've just seen it being like they're in school and they're past their fighter exam and now they can move on to this exam. Like, you know, it's just, it works so perfectly and I can't believe it nearly hasn't been done like this already. Yeah, And like, even the role of you as a teacher, you think it could be a little weird, but it never gets there. Like, you're very much a silent protagonist. You kind of take a back seat to a lot of the action, nearly. Um, What
1: What weapon have you guys gone with?
2: weapon for the, t- for the main character oh um just the sword
0: uh i'm a mage because i needed to get my magic up because there was a bunch of people i wanted so i'm good with sword spear axe magic not horse i'm all fisticuffs baby whoa but your protagonist really mm-hmm. wow It they're they're amazing yeah mm-hmm. i really like how customizable because like i know in the 3ds fire emblems you were kind of really shoehorned into like this character can only yeah this character is only a mage if you give them a sword no matter what they can't deal as much damage as a swords master but in this like you can customize any character in any direction you want
2: and that kind of leads to interesting stuff as well like the character writing in this is so deep and so more nuanced than i ever thought it would be like one of the characters that i love is lindhart and at the start he's like sorry
1: who's lindhart he's, he's like the, the sleepy guy sleepy with the green hair green hair boy oh the healer yeah Yeah.
2: and he's just like you have your first battle and you bring all your your class out in the battle and for the first time they hit someone and the first time they get a kill they all have a reaction to it and it's just like oh my god I've killed someone and like some of them scream and some of them freak out that is not something I expected in a Fire Emblem game and it's not really anything that's been there because every other game you play they're seasoned warriors and it's about the interpolitical like you know struggles or whatever this has this but it's also these are children yeah it's
1: playing up the idea that they're yeah. children and yeah. awesome yeah, yeah
2: it's really cool and linhardt comes to you at some stage and he was like i don't like hurting people can i be a healer and like you can ignore him and be like well you're gonna be in my murder machine no matter what and make him hate you or you can be like okay i'm gonna put you on the healing path and every time he goes into battle he has a little um voice line that goes Ugh battle and i just yeah. love it every time and i just love that there's this nuance where they're actually considering what they're doing
0: um
2: yeah. it's really interesting
0: um i didn't enjoy the first couple of hours because i love awakening so much because i love the adventure that those characters go on as they travel across the lands i find at the beginning you are just defending your school where it's like these bandits are coming go out into the field and fight them and you're not actually like traveling beyond the walls that much But there is a point in the game where you do travel and you you explore the entirety of the continent. Because they keep hinting at the continent, but they don't go there.
1: I I was pretty drawn in by the opening cutscene.
2: Same here. I was like, oh,
1: this feels a bit more raw than I'm used to with Fire Emblem. Because, like i know i know you say that about awakening brian to be honest with you with awakening if you asked me to explain the story of awakening to you i couldn't tell you a single thing i could tell you about my my adventures playing a shipping simulator yes but i don't remember i couldn't tell you who the bad guy of awakening is i can picture a girl who dresses in black and she has white hair there she is there she is this and, is
2: kind of what I thought people were talking about when they would as- describe how much they love Awakening. I thought it was more like Tree Houses because like, there's so much more depth to the characters in Tree Houses.
1: I guess... I, I, I kind of feel... like This is the thing that I'm really impressed with, like what you're saying about like the depth of the story. I feel like that, but I, I feel like that with nearly kind of everything in Three Houses. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I loved Awakening. I really loved Fire Emblem Awakening. I think that's a you fantastic too. game. Um, i got um conquest after that
0: yeah that's more of the same
1: and i played five missions and i was like this is cool this is fire emblem again this is that, that's that's what this is like that's that's all this game is and maybe maybe it goes it opens up more as you go on but it was like it was another fire emblem game I feel like Three Houses is, like, an evolution of Fire Emblem. Like, they have... Every part of this game, they have taken to such a... Like, they've taken to so the next level that I'm just really impressed. And, like, I feel like a lot of the times on this podcast, I get frustrated with games that I don't think push it far enough. Three Houses, to me, is, like, the nearly perfect example of a sequel where it's taking what you loved about the original games, putting a totally new spin on it, but also elevating it in some really great games and like i i you know i'm only between like five to ten hours in but to me this is like game of the year contender stuff oh yeah oh, for sure. totally, this is for sure. this is going to be in that conversation yeah
2: like i really want to re-answer that what's your favorite like you know uh switch game yeah so far this it, year it's it's three houses i wish we'd said smash I can't believe I thought about that I was like our fucking game of the year and you two assholes didn't mention well, it well see
0: like I guess I always think about single player games yeah me too I don't really think of multiplayer games And like if if you want a single player game this is it it's yeah,
2: yeah it's great and like with Awakening I really liked Awakening as well but when it came to the kind of character relationships it it wasn't very deep it was like let me tell you about
1: Tarja and Long Q it's like
2: you know it's (laughs) just like I can cook uh, a carrot cake that really well the bunny girl loves me because she loves carrots you know that that was it we have carrots in common in this it's like it's like how do you feel about the church's role in you know in governance I
0: really really love the church stuff and Mm -hmm. how Irish how Irish it is and yeah that you were saying to me before that Garrig Mac is a mishmash of Irish and Scottish. I, Scottish, where like, Garrig could be Carrig, which is Osceola for rock.
1: I'm still very like early in the story, but I even think it's interesting now how um how very much it's like, oh, there he's an enemy of a, the church, so he's a bad person, mm-hmm. and like it's not questioned at all, and that's yeah. really kind of cool. Just
0: this big, highly funded kind of the church works. Yeah, this mm-hmm. big, highly funded education system that is fronted by the church really reminds you of something <laughs> well that yeah like and
2: I, you there's know, two churches at war the central and the western like,
1: like we we you know we we have a lot of american listeners
0: that's how the, the shit is in ireland yeah the church is all up in the schools the yep. only way to get into a good school in ireland is to be is to be baptized yeah it sucks
1: one of my one of my best friends growing up is of, uh he's he's hindi and we went to a very Catholic school because it was like one of the only good schools in our area. He was constantly like the principal was constantly trying to convert him. Fire Emblem Three Houses, Fire everybody, Emblem. yeah.
2: But like even how Irish is uh, two heads in Nanan is like it's like the kind of Irish superheroes. Uh, every place in Fire Emblem is named after them. Like uh, Dagda is a is an island named in this. That's a that's an Irish god. Bridget is an Irish god. Uh, the land we're in is like uh, Fodla. Fodlan. Fodlan. Fodla is a personification god of Ireland with her sisters Eru and Bamba, who are Ireland. You know, it's all named after Irish places and Irish gods. And it's like, it's really interesting like to have all those there together.
0: Um, the story really opens up. Uh, after a couple chapters and I was really impressed with how like how wild it gets all of a sudden I was so up for it Death Knife it, yeah like it, it gets a bit berserk
2: okay
1: like, a, a death knight showed up in the last mission I was in. He looks very familiar, doesn't he? Yeah,
2: I love how extra he is.
1: Yeah, I, I went. I went. And I'm like, not sure if
0: that's a mask or if that's his face. I
1: went and I was like, okay, let's see if this guy. And then, like, I saw like the damage he was going to do to me and the damage I was going to do to him. And I go, okay, I guess I just don't go near him this mission. Oh, what what are you guys playing on?
0: Uh, I'm playing on normal, but I have permadeath on. But I do use the rewind feature, and sometimes i'm challenged but i'm also putting in the work so sometimes i do just like crush the enemies but it's because i put the time in at the start i guess
2: um same as brian normal mode would permit it um i haven't i didn't i only realized there was a rewind last night (laughs) they don't
1: really point it out to you very clearly like like... at some point a character says in the narrative oh i can rewind time yeah but you kind of have to hit that button by accident yeah
0: uh, I find as well if you use the... Yeah, because that's left trigger to rewind time. Mm-hmm. If you Use right trigger, that highlights the danger zone of the entire map. So that's a purple grid. So yeah. it just tells you, like, stand here, you'll get hurt. But then if you use the left and right bumpers, it'll cycle through all the available characters you haven't used oh, yet in your tiny, turn. Yeah. So I constantly have that instead of, like, hovering around the map. And I don't know if you click in the right control stick, it'll reset the map. Um, I'm playing... it reset the camera controls on the map.
1: I'm playing on hard and permadeath and i'm finding that like may it might there's the i because there's the option to drop down from hard to normal so i figure i just try hard because i always remember my one problem with awakening was i just found it like too easy and especially by the end of the game i found i could just steamroll all the fights and i do like the combat in fire emblem and so far it hasn't been that difficult it's provided i'd say like a healthy challenge It is the kind of thing, like, if you fuck up and leave one character out in the open, they will die, but the rewind negates that a little bit.
0: Yeah, I usually move everyone as one giant brick.
1: And also, I don't think you have the option to grind on hard, which I think is kind of interesting. You kind of
2: don't really have the option to grind generally, because you kind of get, like, you can pick, you, at the end of each month, you have, you can pick to explore the monastery, where, where you get a chance to kind of grow your relationships with characters. Or you can pick a seminar where you can kind of level up your character and some other chosen um, students or you can do a battle but you get you get battle points so you get like two and each one might like take one or there might be some that don't have a cost but the, as for uh, the further you go on they all cost yeah so you don't really get to grind as okay. much and no, if you, you do you're kind of giving up your supports
0: I don't really know um, what to do for the monastery sections uh, with fishing. the other uh, yeah, the fishing is usually with the monastery sections. I'll go around and talk to any of the other professors that have hourglass symbols. Yeah, because at the start you only have like maybe two or three goes before it does the fire emblem jingle and you're yeah and 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 you're done for the day. Um, I started ignoring all the side quests because they just give you apples. Yeah. Um, sometimes you get a little love heart out of it, but I find I'm talking to the other professors to up maybe my sword skills. On my strength and my charm or something like that because that way when you talk to students that aren't in your house you are more inclined to recruit them yeah so i have about 75 percent of the students are in my house
2: that's nuts i haven't recruited anyone else i've only recruited shamir
0: oh yeah, yeah she's great she's so Shamir? Love,
2: she's cool you'll like Shamir. What? she's she's really dr- she's a knight who doesn't believe in the church she's, she's cool a freelance
0: and... knight so she's not one of the students but you you can also recruit a lot she's of she's the kind adults. of gothy one yeah yeah oh yeah, I, I think she just came into it and yeah she hangs out in the markets you
1: should tell her what's up and there's another girl i like who's not in my house she's like got short orange hair
0: oh yeah yeah, uh, yeah. Chie. she's just five. she's just G.A., Yeah. yeah. Uh, I. I'm, she's very good i kind
2: of really like my house team like i have sylvian because he was like hey i'm joining your house and i was just like i guess i can't stop you buddy uh so he's there and um but like i've been spending my time in the monastery cooking dinners to get my motivation up to teach my students like and planting stuff but it's like i don't really level myself up i i i'm actually i
0: i'm I'm levelling myself up all the time
2: i'm just cooking for my kids I'm just okay. feeding them good dinner.
0: <laughs> I was doing that, but then I was like, "How do I get other people?" And the only way to get other people to join your house yeah. is to level yourself up, I don't so want them. so that you're more attractive to them. Yeah,
1: no, I, there's I, I I want that girl, and I want that that beefcake dude as well.
0: Oh, the dude that's like busting out of his shirt. Yeah, he's great.
2: The only the only um, person I want is uh, Felix and Mercedes, and everyone
0: else. They're now. so hard to get. Yeah,
2: I know they're the hardest. Yeah, especially
0: like, Mercedes. I don't know if she's in it yet.
2: I got Felix, um, but mercedes is, eludes me yeah uh who's your favorite characters who, who are you liking
0: i love edelgard so much she, edelgard's pretty good she <laughs> does she does some cool shit later on and i'm totally on board for her opinions.
1: I like um, I like the 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 real shy girl the Bernadette yeah she's, Bernie she's pretty great she's I love great.
2: Bernadette she's like she's like I'm so afraid and like on the field she's like my most trusted yeah, she's assassin a she's a fucking beast she I do you have her everyone. with a bow and arrow or? yeah yeah she's I, I, like I, pure I, assassin I've got
0: her going around on a horse and she'll just go and fuck you up and then run away <laughs> uh, I love Petra she's a fucking tank uh, I love Dorothea Dorothea
2: is my fave
0: uh, I have achieved s rank with dorothea but we can't confess our love to each other until after the war <laughs> so it's so, hard so I, I i guess that's the one thing i don't like about the game is that the romance options are stripped down to just between your player character and one other character and that's it that's the only s rank in the game all the other characters can only become best friends with each other hmm. there's no romance options yeah for anyone else. this is
1: not a shipping simulator anymore
0: no no it's a social simulator there is a bit of you are playing it a bit like a sociopath where you're manipulating people. You're like, I wonder what that person likes, and then you like pretend to like that stuff. Maybe you two should go clean a horse.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm not playing it like that at all. I keep but this is like why but, people don't like me. Aren't joining like, <laughs> not, not my house. <laughs> I really
0: want more people in my house because I know that there's gonna be a bit later on where all the houses are gonna like fight each other. And if you've got them on your house, then you're stronger. <laughs> then you've got like, the you've got their best guys.
2: But it's more emotional to have to, have to fight the characters you've been talking to all this time.
0: It, it gets emotional when they're like, I used to be part of that house, but now I gotta, That's true. I gotta fight them. That's really good.
2: I really like Hubert. He's such a freak. Who's the fuck? The goth? <laughs> yeah, the goth guy. I love, the guy. I love I that guy. I love that one cut scene where he's
1: like, hey if i have to fucking kill you i'm gonna
2: so many yeah. people keep saying that to me What's it's, just his like, problem? it's like i arrive at the school and they make me a teacher and like no one really minds that i'm completely unqualified like, except oh seth <laughs> yeah, is everyone's that just guy's like
0: such a dick
2: yeah fuck you dude and i was just like well he's right
0: i really like how <laughs> your adopted dad is like i don't trust the church at all yeah if you want to take this job go ahead but you know just don't don't get comfortable at all ever
1: we're probably gonna have a lot more to say about Fire Emblem in the coming year. So what say we stop it there for the moment? Yeah. Sure. Unless anyone has any super critical Guys, who's your who's your love interest?
2: Dorothea. Dorothea. Who's Dorothea?
0: The girl with the hat. But don't worry, she loses it later on. I like no, her hat. John, she's a big flirt. John Brian, there was another John, girl. John, you
2: your 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 thing is female. um belleth you won't be able to romance anyone other than her. Mercedes or Rhea
0: or Edelgard or up here. I will. I
2: don't think Edelgard. You can romance if you go to Black Eagle. Someone told oh, me that. Oh,
0: actually, do you want? It would make sense narratively. Yeah. yeah, you wouldn't be able to. I don't know. There was one
1: other girl I walked up to, and she's like, "I could beat anyone, Professor, even you." And I was like, "Oh,
0: okay." But you can't get S rank with her. There, there, there's an axe girl. But she's very hard to recruit to your house and i don't know if she's interested in girls I d- I, she might only be interested in boys mm. but dorothea john I, I showed you a photo of what she looks like later on
2: oh my god i
0: you, you and that's why you say, Leave, <laughs> you,
1: f- you say that but you were literally like i guess i like fire emblem now
2: i do i love fire emblem <laughs> and i respect and love Dar- dorothea
0: <laughs> who doesn't like an anime titty <laughs> think that's the name of the episode (laughs) who doesn't like an anime titty quick time events
1: oh we're going late yeah that's grand yeah i guess so um but but, but neve why don't you take this first news item here that i present you right about now at the end of this sentence if you wouldn't mind me Swerry's the
2: good life is delayed until spring 2020 oh no that's fine make it good uh yeah exactly this was the kickstarter game by sweary uh it was meant to come out at the end of this year it's gonna be coming out in spring 2020 his kickstarter updates are amazing
0: a kickstarter game got delayed (laughs)
2: less shock
0: oh my god Uh, it's fine
2: yeah it's it's like that's fine by me everything they've shown of it like i'm really excited for it so whatever take as much time as you need to make it as good as you can
1: um following the launch of other platforms obsidian's outer worlds will come to switch what i like about this story is everyone has the exact same reaction to it which is like sure
2: exactly like (laughs) cool Okay. In it's cool that you can make it run on that probably not the best way to play it it's it's, it's cool. that's that's fun <laughs> it's like when you heard the witcher 3 was coming to switch it was like it's cool that you managed to do that but why would you it and looks like so bad <laughs> yeah it's just like and i get if the switch is your only only platform like this is good news for you but like oh these ports don't particularly play well and if this is something a game that you're super super interested in it might be better to invest in a console yep. who can run it now
1: maybe like may like because i've i've heard that like doom runs surprisingly well on the switch
2: yeah i've you know? also heard wolfenstein plays like shit and yeah and, and i've but seen just, I've
0: just, seen that,
1: just as well. that there is like there is a standard where like people can get like high-end games running on it well but, again, it, it is the kind And, like, you know, if that was the case with something like Outer Worlds, that'd be great. But, yeah, you kind of... I think you'd need a fucking crack optimization team to get that up to snuff. But, yeah, you're kind of right. And you're like, why would you want to When I don't need my Switch to be a portable PS4. I genuinely don't. No. Yeah. But, um... Oh boy, this next one. Um, this is kind of a long one, there's a lot to this, but it's basically the controversy that's blown up around Ooblets going to Epic Games Store. And I guess right out the front of this, I think this whole story feels like this weird kind of like boiling point moment with an indie developer kind of caught in the center of it. Basically, this this Ooblets which is like is it a husband and wife development team? Yeah. Um, two people. And, you know, very indie. And they went to... They recently announced that their game Ublitz, which is about dancing vegetables. Yeah. Kind of
2: Pokemon-y kind
0: of game. And it's got like a low-poly art style. Yeah, visual like a little really
2: life cool. simulator where you have like little veg. Looks cool. Yeah.
1: I- I'd never heard of it before, this story. And I hope... I hope this story ends up being, like, at least publicity for them that they sell a decent amount, but, um, they signed an exclusivity deal with Epic Game Store, and I guess they tried to get out in front of it by releasing their own statement as to why, and I want to take this story in sections because I don't want to lump, I guess, my reaction to their announcement in with the reaction of, like, the broader gaming audience that would follow, but... I guess taking their reaction, taking the announcement by itself, I did read it, and I did think it was, like, condescending to a point that people were going to get really pissed off. And it's unfortunate, because I also thought, if you take, like, the second quarter of their statements, just their reasons for going on the Epic Games Store, it was so reasonable, and so just, yep, that's a really good reason why an indie developer would go on the Epic Games Store... Like, who could blame them? They were going to get, like, guaranteed a guaranteed amount of minimum sales so that no matter what, just by releasing the game, they were going to be able to pay their rents, they weren't have to going to have to move back in with their parents. It made sense for them financially. I think you have to be some kind of fucking asshole to fault them for that. But then I guess the problem is they tried to be very cute with their announcement as well and they kind of said that they have faith in people's ability to download a free thing and click it and that like um there's other things in the world getting kind of worth getting worked up about and with that it's like when you look at the vitriol that surrounds this epic stuff that was a bad fucking idea and it it did blow up on them really really badly I think to a level that is absolutely absurd um I guess before we get into that though I I kind of I did a bit of reading up on like the Epic situation and like people's main concerns over the Epic stores because I know none of us really play games on PC all that often I'll play the odd game on Steam and so I didn't really understand why people were upset about the Epic store there's a lot of bullshit like the the Chinese conspiracy stuff they're still like oh Epic are selling your data they probably are but so is every other service like that's not
2: that's not new. You're that on the is internet. Definitely,
1: like you—you you ever use Messenger? Like, mm-hmm. you use Twitter? Like, your your shit's getting sold. Um, the stuff that did make sense to me was first of all, like, you know, Epic is Epic Store isn't available in a bunch of currencies, um, which means that like, there's a lot of there's a lot of countries and especially third world countries that just do not have access to the Epic Store. There's workarounds where you can get, like, a foreign version of Epic, but that means converting, which means more costs. So, basically, the poorest countries in the world have to pay the most money for games. That's fair enough. I think that's that's a really legitimate beef people have with the Epic store. The other part of it, and this is a part that... I do... I, I, that really does rub me the wrong way, and I will admit it's nearly on more, kind of, maybe a sentimental level than a practical one, but... Um, the Epic Game store is so less feature rich than Steam. It can't support it can't support like mods, it can't support there's like the friend list stuff is fucked, the you can't do like screen and screen which is like that's how I play Epic Battle, that's how I pick, play Epic Battle Simulator with my cousin, all this kind of stuff. It is missing all those features and what bothers me about that is that Epic are paying developers to provide a worse experience for their games that's not going to be an issue in time when epic do catch up i just wish they had those features implemented and i think if they did you would be seeing less situations around the run one now because they are paying money to give consumers a worse experience and so i can understand why people are pissed off Now that said, the whole Ooblets thing has blown up to such a ridiculous degree that, like, you know, people who I really don't think ever gave a shit about Ooblets are now just harassing these people, and these—this isn't like a publisher. These aren't people with PR. These aren't people, very obviously, without a social media manager. They're getting like ripped apart, and they're just two people, and I have to imagine that's really frightening and that's really awful and did you
2: read their medium article about it i haven't no uh it's about just the toll that like all these threats have taken about I it i can't even imagine of you know? them and just like like just racist uh, homophobic like misogynist language and threats just being thrown at them all the time and it's just like like there is a good few reasons why epic is a less good experience than steam is it so less good that like i don't think this is people hey we can't buy it in our currency because it's not that it's people using that as like kind of a as a stone
1: <laughs> well I, I, like i have no doubt that like there's people out there legitimately annoyed and i think they have reason to but i really don't think that's the fucking hate mob that's formed around these no, people but that's you know? that's
2: the problem with all of this is like i feel like the hate mob is using these some these real cons like these real not even concerns issues with a product you know um, to justify, like, this level of harassment and vitriol. And as you said, you never heard of oblets or Ooblitz uh, before this. Ooblitz, when they released their kind of statement about going epic exclusive, a lot of people who didn't know them read it as condescending. A lot of people who've been following them for years give to their Patreon, read it in their tongue and teach tone that they've always used. So for a lot of people, it was fine. But then for the people that was gonna pissed off it was pouring petrol on a fire kind yeah thing thing.
1: that that makes sense if they've always had this tone because like you sent us that press release, mm-hmm. release not the press just there and just they like yeah, and, yeah and they're, like, they're, i And like again i completely agree with their reasons for going on epic store if i was developing an indie game i'd do the same fucking thing in a heartbeat get i'm guaranteed not to lose money are you fucking of course As an indie dev. yeah but you know putting
0: an indie game on steam is the biggest risk ever now yeah yeah like it's itch.io or epic or something like something well, like, more like something. look at
1: what happened with full metal furies do you know full metal furies nope okay fucking exactly rogue legacy was a really popular indie game that came out much earlier in this generation it had a it was a one of the playstation plus games brian oh, yeah. um It's like a roguelike night game. Very successful. A lot of people's game of the year list. Its sequel, Full Metal Furies, came out. Died. No one even knew about it. It's not like it reviewed badly and didn't sell. It didn't even review badly. It didn't get that far. And so, you know, in a situation like Ooblets, these people have the Epic Store as like backup to that. That makes more sense to me if they've always had this kind of like cheeky tone Mm -hmm. and maybe they just never thought that that, announcement was going to become as widespread as it did. I think did.
2: they thought they were talking to their audience.
1: That makes a lot of sense cuz I definitely read it and being like, "Oh, what the fuck are they doing? Like this is going to be so bad." But um and it was, but I think like a certain amounts cert- there is a certain amount of like you have to be careful with public statements. I do feel like Epic have kind of fostered this environment a little bit for some of their indie developers and it's cool for them to come out after the fact and be like we don't support this but like they know what they're doing and they know that they're inciting people like this and you know if even just they had waited to have their store up to parity with Steam this shit wouldn't be as much of an issue people will find another
2: reason though I don't think it's about these features being missing like people being like it doesn't have a cart like is that really the reason to send a death threat to someone? I, I don't think so. I think well, people Well, no, but just like just to be like clear, epic. there's
1: no reason to send a death threat to someone. Like yeah. it doesn't matter if it's a car or if it's a mod set or anything. I
2: think there's people who've aligned themselves with the with a community and an identity that is steam and they hate will hate epic no matter how good epic gets. They I, just have a lot of reasons see, now.
1: I you I I'm not sure like looking at that now. Yes. If you go back to like the Epic store started, and if Epic provided a parallel customer service with Steam, you take the teeth out a lot of the initial rage, and I don't think it would've bubbled into what it has become.
2: But like it's like some of the say the things is like it doesn't offer user reviews maybe they don't want user reviews because user reviews are bad and you can review bomb games like you know like maybe I I don't think that's what Epic Store
1: is going for because they do have I do think they have user reviews on their like Trello like their development Mm -hmm. map and stuff like that so it is just like a feature absent store.
2: I just think this is going to be here even when they get all these features up to priority I think this is going to be a versus thing. I agree
1: with you. My point is that it didn't need to be.
2: Who knows? We're here now.
1: Yeah. But um so yeah, like it 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 sucks like um it's one thing to hammer on like a giant company like an EA or an Ubisoft. It's such a fucking different thing when it's people and this is always the shit that scared me about like modern day celebrities like that filter between the public and the person it's not there mm-hmm. and no one realizes that. Like there's such a difference between telling Taylor Swift to fuck off and telling like someone who legitimately has no support network, no people around them to fuck off. Like it's it's a different act, you know what I mean? And I think this is a really shitty story. You know it's not a shitty story. There was a bunch of shit announced
0: at Evo this year. Evo twenty nineteen. You guys um you guys watched that guilty gear trailer. I sure did. Mm-hmm. Oh my fucking god. This doesn't look like a like a patched sequel. This looks like a full No, that
1: this is a different art style.
0: Yeah. With like stage hazards and stage jumping. Oh my god, I could not believe it. And way more rotations and the statement from Dice K where he's like, "This is a new, this is a new game from the ground up."
1: Do you see his thing where he's like, "This is an all-out attack on the spirit of fighting games"? Yeah. <laughs> Neve, have you ever played a Guilty Gear?
2: Yes, on PlayStation Two R three hundred and sixty. Like I think it was X. I
1: think that I, th- I think maybe a version, a DLC or version of that, yeah. really, or a down. Um, did you watch this trailer? Yes. Did it make you feel anything?
2: Um. I like the aesthetic. I will never play it. I'm not a fighting game guy.
1: I was hype. Oh, I think me and Brian are all
0: in.
2: Oh, of course. I know I'm gonna have to argue against this for Game of the Year at some stage. Yep.
0: School me looks better than Street Fighter Five. That's
1: not hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's
0: not. I'm uh, so glad Guilty Gear still exists and is I, I love Arc System works. I love what they do. Yeah. I I'm...
1: wish I was better at their games. I have never really clicked except maybe Dragon Ball Fighters but i've never really clicked with arc system works fighter as much as i love guilty gear i know i suck at it i was really
0: good at dragon ball fighters for the first week and then i got and then everyone got better than me
1: oh that's just fighting games don't worry about
0: that yeah um i love guilty gear i beat a guy in japan in guilty gear and like he, he, i looked over the cabinet at him and smiled at him and he was fucking pissed oh that's such a good feeling uh, take that salary man take that salary man celery man (laughs)
1: but um this trailer is amazing the new character they showed oh my fucking god he looked so
0: cool i love his mask yeah uh yeah i just i want to see more i just keep keep doing what you do keep
1: it coming yep um dice k that's a real character yeah Yeah. um e honda poison and lucia announced for street fighter 5 um, I can already talked about this stuff. Uh, I think i th- I think Lucia could have looked a lot cooler. Honda looks amazing. yeah, I, I couldn't looks... believe
0: he wasn't already in the game. no, he's the last of the world warriors. Wow, yep poison um I don't like her tight. the one tight that she has on I
1: don't like Lucia's tights. yeah, what's yeah? The... what's going on? fix your legs what's going on? I think the character designs across the board have been pretty like inconsistent with Street Fighter they look very five. doughy. Some of them look great, some of them do not. Like, Ponda looks awesome. He's got, like, the finger tape, and he looks deadly.
0: Yeah. And he's Fat Guy Rift, like, just to the right amount. Totally.
1: But uh, Poison looks alright, but...
3: Yeah, I...
0: I... I've seen better 3D Poisons in the last 10 years.
1: I'm not gonna argue with that. Totally. I think the Street Fighter Five four character models, kind of cooler.
0: Yeah, it's more iconic. This is like, okay, I guess that's a different outfit for Poison. Yeah. She has better outfits,
1: new character for tekken 7 leroy smith Need did you watch the trailer for leroy smith i did what do you think he looks cool he
0: looks fucking so cool doesn't he this is a, a tekken ass tekken character this is
1: this is okay so i think tekken 5 has maybe the best like three new characters out of like the best new characters of one of the best Ross's new characters fighting games where you have feng you have Oscar or asuka i can never remember which it is and you have raven mm-hmm. all totally different all amazing fighting styles tekken 6 and 7 have some of the lamest new characters ever i thought they really sucked and just they don't l- lucky chloe i thought they really sucked and they just <laughs> they just don't have that like tekken attitude that i think is so cool this fucking guy absolutely does he's this dude who grew up in like the mean streets of new york and his family died so he went and trained at a shaolin dojo and have you seen like the full body character art of him no it genuinely looks like he's about to kick the shit out of you but like in a really just quiet confident way i'm I'm going to jump back into tekken 7 as soon as this guy's out
2: i like that the zafina is back as well she's kind of fun and i like what they did with mm. her as
1: well because she used to be the guardian of azazel the last boss of tekken 7 and now her right arm is like possessed by azazel and mm-hmm. i think that's pretty dope that's pretty cool and finally brian yeah what do you think of this next
0: item the esa leak Uh huh. i don't know anything about it really except that it's journalists who were at e3 this year their personal details were leaked there was basically
1: a spreadsheet on the e3 website that had like their contact information their home addresses well when they say home address basically you needed a, you needed an address to register for e3 yeah. so if you work in a game so- spa or an ign or a giant bomb it's going to be that building if you are more independent like say like a youtuber you're gonna or put- just a freelancer for yep. those websites you're going to put your home address down.
0: And this is just applying for a press kit pass. Yep. That kind of
1: thing. And so your home address will be leaked to the public.
0: That's not good. It's... It's very not good. No, that's that's your personal safety at risk.
1: Like, we, we've talked about E3 before, and, like, you know, a couple of times we've been like, yeah, it'd be cool if we could go to E3 sometimes. If we had gone to this E3, our home addresses would be out there. Like, my my apartment would be out there. And, I, like, fuck. Like, that's so scary yeah, there's it's been a horrifying. lot of like, yeah.
2: like um, just game journalists being like "Like this is so upsetting we're talking about moving home because there's people who've been getting debt threats before because you know what fucking some gamers are like yeah they and get now very overprotective yeah, over their games their information is all out there their number is out there I, and it was like this was a link that was on the website that wasn't actively on it but if you had the link you could download the spreadsheet
0: and once it's downloaded once, it's it's, it's Yeah, out it's there. out there. Yeah, totally. Um, I know what this is, E3, because I, I watched the Danny O'Dwyer video about E3, but, like, way more focused on individuals going to E3, whereas, like, the journalists aren't even at the convention, and it's more about vloggers, YouTubers, small press, one-person kind of units going about. Yeah, apparently
1: there's a class-action lawsuit in the works, and as well, like, um, there's different regulatory bodies that will fine E3 for this and some of the fines are like
0: in the millions and like E3's in a weird place where it's like you don't know what it's gonna be this year what it's gonna be next year what it's gonna be in a year or two and this is gonna influence that I guess
1: yeah it's 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 really fucked up there's not really much to say more about it than that but it's okay Because we got some email.
0: Alright. We got an email. Address. Yeah. So,
1: an email is this kind of thing where basically it's like you want to send a letter, but you want to be environmentally conscious about it. So you want to take that paper letter and make it like electronic
0: so you're like you're like cramming it into like a digital hole
1: yeah yeah more or less but it's really easy as in like easy mail
2: like it's a lubed up digital hole
1: oh wow i i don't know i can do this anymore do you think it
0: makes that like that dial-up noise as it enters. Yeah. Um, Cause, Cause sometimes I make that noise from my own body. There's
1: a lot of language and concepts being thrown around here that I'm really-
2: That's it in the web now. <whistles> That's it shooting through those pipes.
0: John's making a face and it's just for me and to see.
2: So what shot true, John?
0: Release <laughs> <us>. Re- release <laughs> it upon our, our eyes. Uh, <laughs> expose
1: do you know there's there's times in this podcast that you two genuinely horrify me in ways that I am so uncomfortable with
0: go on jizz it out
2: jizz out a good one. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god you, you
1: fucking, if we worked somewhere like this shit wouldn't fly like I'd be straight to fucking HR about the, well like I wouldn't I'm I not, am the HR department I'm not, like, yeah it was the f- worst fucking decision of this <laughs> I'd be podcast. like I'd be
0: like geez sugar tits calm down <laughs>
1: you can for whatever reason you'd want to you can reach us at ask fight a boss at gmail.com
0: that's that's it ask let's fight a boss at gmail.com
1: oh no, that's oh my god why why oh it's so funny <sighs> brian why don't you why don't you take this first email uh
0: let's okay from max from our main man max or main gal or
1: main gal or 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 who
0: knows what our main person our main person because you know what you and everyone you are people
1: hey whatever you fucking got going on don't even worry about it we don't give a shit it's fine you're beautiful absolutely I have no doubt about that
0: and speaking of beauty here's Max when I was young around six or seven I had a dream where a newspaper in my house grew a face and ate me (laughs) have you had any bizarre dreams that stuck with you I feel
1: like we, at some point the weird dreams we've had must have come up,
0: right? Oh I'm sure it has. But let's uh let's uh expand our minds just a little bit further, John. Okay. Into the realm of dreams.
1: I've talked about like the sleep paralysis dream with the old woman crawling on the bed, haven't I? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Have I talked about the one with the ventriloquist dummy?
0: Go for it. Okay.
1: I had a dream I think I was like maybe twelve or thirteen, right? And it was, like, it was kind of like a movie. And it was about this medieval village that was, like, haunted by this ventriloquist dummy. And it was really violent. And it would, like, run out and just drag children off into the forest. And it really, like, a disturbing dream. But one night, they, like, the village has this big festival. And they're trying to coax the dummy out. And so what they end up doing it doing is, like, they end up taking it and like becoming friends with it. And they end up dressing it up and like the dummy's like, oh, this is really cool. And the dummy gets like all these like dresses and stuff. And the dummy puts on like these fake nails and like, just, you know, just has a great time. And this little boy befriends the dummy. But when one day the dummy disappears and the boy goes off to find it. And out in the middle of the forest it finds this tower and he climbs all the way up. But from the moment he enters the tower, the whole dream was in first person
0: i love when that happens
1: sorry you're the boy at this point in the dream yeah but like not before this and so it felt like climbing this tower forever and then i get to the top and i can see like dress and but i can't really see if the dummy's in it or not and you're getting closer and closer and closer until like you're pretty much as close as you can get and next thing the dummy turns around and it rams its nails into your eyes and i woke up and i have never been so frightened in my entire life i was like 12 and i ran into my parents being like mom dad i have to lie on the floor here because i can't go to sleep by myself <laughs> and it really fucked me up for a long time
0: nice what you guys got um i would go through phases of being able to lucid dream but i guess There were phases where I couldn't and so I had no control over like recurring dreams where I'm a kid so I'm like seven or eight when this happens but I get in a car like my parents car and I'm like I'm gonna start this car and drive and so you drive the car and you drive it out to like someplace in Ireland you've never been to and then all of a sudden you click back into a bit of reality in a dream where you're like I'm a kid I don't know how to drive and now I'm stuck and they were really upsetting dreams
1: because I always have like monkey paw lucid dreams where like I'll always be like I'll realize it's happening and I'll wish for something and I get a really fucked up
0: version of what I wish for nice Um, the other ones were like just after Jurassic Park where I was having lots and lots of dinosaur dreams and I've had I've told you about the dreams where I could turn into a dinosaur the first one of when I turned into a dinosaur was it was me going into school as normal and it didn't feel like a dream at all it felt like I was I'd woken up and I'd gone to school for the day but in my head I was like I could be a dinosaur if I wanted to and I told so I told the boy next to me Sam that I could be a dinosaur and he was like no you can't and I was like I can and then he was like Brian here thinks he could be a dinosaur and all the other boys came around to me and they were like come on be a dinosaur so I was like <clears throat> and and I turned into a velociraptor and I ran around and everyone was screaming and they were like back up against the walls because there, di- there was a velociraptor in the classroom. And I was like, this is class. And so from then on, I kind of trained myself to transform into different dinosaurs. And
1: that was cool. I love dreams like that. I've had a lot of dreams when I was a kid and I wake up and I'm like, oh, my shitty life. Yeah. Oh,
0: I still have dreams sometimes like that. They're not dreams, John. Niamh, tell us about your life and the mind.
2: I've only ever had nightmares
0: really (laughs) you've never had a dream yeah that's because you're full of sin (laughs)
2: neve probably it's been like consistently horrible forever i used to really fear going to sleep as a child and used to uh sleep for only about three hours and have to take sleeping tablets a lot of the time um they're just not great they're not ideal and it's one of those things where i'm always aware that i'm dreaming but i can't leave the dream so one i would dream of regularly is there's this house and it's my house but it's like more rural and all around it is farmland but it's all wet and it's all just completely sodden and I'm wading through it by the waist and I'm walking through it and every step I take a dead corpse of a sheep bubbles up and it's white milky eye kind of turns back and looks at me and I make my way to the front door and it's my house but all the rooms are kind of different and i open one of the doors and i've gone through all of this house i dream about this house all the time like maybe once a week since i've been a child consistently oh my God. so i know all the rooms but in one of the rooms in the front room because this is the less fucked i guess version <laughs> in this room it's like do you ever um read his dark materials yeah i love those yeah you know miss coulter and her golden monkey sure do it's it's a woman standing there with her back to me and there's a little golden monkey sitting on a table and i'm looking at this monkey and the monkey has a fish bowl in front of it like a circular fish bowl and there's a fish in it and i watch the monkey take the fish out with his little little monkey hands and i'm like my first thought is like look how gentle he's being with the fish but then he puts it back in the bowl and the water of the bowl just instantly turns red and i notice that he's put push pins all through the fish so the fish is just dead with like pins through it. And then I leave through a back door and I walk around and later on I find this in the sodden field with all the dead sheep. There's a little wooden box and I pick it up and every time I open it, it's the golden monkey but it's now all wet and dead and it's curled around the fish. Jesus. So I had that dream consistently
1: for. A and you have never had like a nice dream. No, never. What the ab-
2: nicest dream I had, I was skydiving with Bugs Bunny, and he gave me an anvil, and I died.
0: Eh, take this anvil.
2: Yeah, and I was like, cool. Oh. What about like attractive people dreams,
1: where you see a movie and you're like, that person's attractive, and then your dreams? Never. Fuck,
2: I've
0: had some really nice dreams. Do you, do you not have dreams where you're like you're eating sweets or playing video games and having a good no, time
2: i had a dream recently where my parents are building a wall brick by brick in the garden while it's raining and every time they put a brick up the wall crumbles and they age and i'm trying to get them to come inside because they're dying and they won't come inside they have to build a wall and my dog is just running around in circles she's a side so she runs really fast and i can't get anyone to come in so they're just dying very slowly in front of me so no i've never had a nice stream good had, question are me
1: and brian ever in your like horrible nightmares
2: uh i think so yeah i've had you guys in them before like they're all just weird like rebecca pukes up maggots in some dreams and then they start expanding into seals and she has to club them to death with a shoe oh my fucking god i'm the, full like, of trauma literally, the last
1: the last stream like, like i, mm. I, I, I yeah. the last dream i had was really like weird and peaceful and comforting i went i was in my parents house and i went back out and went out into the back garden and my old dog and my old cat were both out there and they were both really happy to see me and i sat down and it was like a really like kind of weirdly physical dream where i could really feel them because like i'd petted them so many times i know exactly and it was like they were there and it was like really It was really nice, but there was one part of the dream where I was like, Oh shit, am I dead? (laughs) But other than that it was it was really cool. Neve, why don't you take this take this next one? I
0: don't have this document. Amar. From Amar. From Amar.
2: I kinda missed out on a lot of games from the last generation since I didn't have a PS3 or a powerful enough PC, and I wanted to ask you what are your favourite games from the PS3 era that I should experience in your opinion? Um, good question, Amar. And also the 360 existed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very good console. To a
0: lesser extent, the Wii, but we're not going to talk about that.
3: Um,
1: but he might he might have included those. I, I cut some. Ice.
0: Okay, yeah. From that generation. Okay, well then, let's have a little bit of the Wii. Any, okay. I
1: think anything from that generation is good to go.
0: Okay. Um, I guess a lot of those games have been ported again, like the Bioshock games naughty dog games do you guys think you need to
2: play the bioshock games no i don't lo- love them as much as everyone else seems to love them
1: but i think a lot of people love them at the time it's very rare i hear people talk about them now no
2: Oh, i think they're really such a like still like i'm gonna write about games game like i see it crop up a lot
1: yeah i think bioshock one had precisely one really good moment and that was it
0: yeah yeah um, the Dead so Sp- there you go, Omar. <laughs> Not Bioshock. Uh, I was going to say the Dead Space trilogy, that is that never got ported to the the new generation. It's it's stuck on 360 and PS3. That's wild.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause those, because those those were such a big deal. Yeah, and
0: and it was just so cool to see a Western developer look at the Resident Evil four, or, uh, yeah, like Resident four and Resident five, and going, okay, this is how you could do a survival horror. Let's do that but in space and let's look at event horizon and say what you will about the third one but i think the first and second games are incredibly strong
1: yeah Uh, i'd really strongly push for the original dead rising just the first one that game is awkward and janky but if you are willing to learn its strange ways it is one of my favorite games of all time it's so fucking good um just a really interesting, like, kind of intimate open world experience with a lot of really cool time mechanics. The save system isn't broken. The save system works just as it should work. Um, no More Heroes uh, 1 especially. Two if you enjoy one, but No More Heroes 1 is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, really, it, really love that game.
0: It, it's on the Wii and there's also a very rare, hard-to-find PS3 version. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and Deadly Premonition as well because... yeah you should just experience whatever the fuck that thing is
0: is the original near only on last gen
2: yeah it's playstation 3 and 360 yeah, 60.
0: yeah.
2: Um, original yes. near is great yeah
1: god that was a strong generation
2: uh, yeah it really was there's some great na- games like uh sleeping dogs has been ported obviously yeah it got ported uh, the mass effect trilogy is amazing yep. um i love uh, dragon age uh origins and two they're really good games uh, if you're going 360 like Halo Reach and Halo 3 are great Halos um, man it's so like I really want them to port Final Fantasy 13 because I really want to play that again and see see how it holds up
0: I'd be really interested to hear what you yeah. think of it again yeah that game's all, out almost 10 years now yeah, yeah I'm
2: surprised it hasn't got the HD treatment that, that, was out. that was out when we
0: were in fourth year yeah yeah it came out 2010 at the end of it came out September 2010 I think
2: i'd say next
1: year it'll get a, get a port
2: you feel like it should
0: yeah especially with the way they're going with things mm-hmm. yeah makes sense eight got a port yeah, yeah. If they could find eight they could find 13
2: but yeah i think like deadly premonition is pretty high up on my list and like dragon age
0: there's a couple and of like i say
1: i say that as someone who doesn't like deadly premonition that much but it's just a fascinating game yeah, people should weird. play yeah. yeah
0: there are a couple of wii games that are kind of stuck on the wii because of how tied with the motion controls they are and mm-hmm like i I think no more heroes got lucky it got out of there like i really like the mario galaxy games but it's the only way you can play them people yeah is is with the fucking wiimote
1: um a a lot of people don't like silent hill shattered memories for the wii and i think it got maybe that got onto ps3 at some point i know it got onto the psp or vita yeah but um shattered memories like it's not a great Silent Hill game it's a great survival horror game like I really really like that game um, and I, no one's played it and people should.
2: It's weird to know how things hold up like I really like Condemned at the time Yeah. like would that hold up now I don't I don't really know. Condemned
0: was like a launch title for the 360 yeah. wasn't it yeah. that's really old wow that's like 2005. I've always wanted to play that.
2: It's as I said at the time I thought it was really good but I, I don't know if I would think the same thing now.
1: Uh, The original Arkham Asylum I thought was great. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. No idea how that holds up.
0: I'm sure it's a pretty good Metroidvania. Yeah.
1: Let me see. Is there anything else?
0: Because, like, it's really hard to think of a game where you're like, that game, but then you're like, oh, no, wait, it's actually on new consoles now. Yeah. But but there are a couple games out there that just got lost, never got ported, and... By now they would have, or maybe they're about to, but like you kind of want them to have already been there. i
2: Think off
1: the top of my head, that's all what I can think of.
0: Yeah,
2: I like Shadow of the Damned. It's silly and it's yeah, dumb, no, but it's yeah. fun. You Either, know,
1: even like Lollipop Chainsaw, not yeah. a great game, super interesting.
2: Just mm-hmm. um, Metal Gear Rising.
1: Oh God, yeah, absolutely. Oh Azora's Wrath, yeah, love Azora's Wrath. Metal Six hours. 10 out of 10 the whole way
0: Metal Gear Solid 4 that game is stuck on the PS3 yeah, that's it so can't weird. it can't not work without the PS3 that's
1: Amir that should uh, that should do you plenty enjoy buddy okay and we have this last one from an anonymous fan and this is a two-parter and I think this is this is really interesting um, my question is as a trio of wonderfully creative people why oh, thank you thanks um, have you ever been in a situation where your passion did not line up with your natural gift furthermore have you ever felt inadequate about your work and how do you cope with this feeling we'll break we'll we'll take that first question first so just about like your passion not lining up with your natural gift i think with a lot of this stuff it's important like whether you're naturally talented at something or not to find enjoyment in it and i think like if you can do that you'll eventually get good at something like if you I I always try and warn people to be careful about liking doing something versus liking the idea of being good at something because like you know a lot of people ask me about like you know being a youtuber and stuff like that and like what I always say is like cons like public appearances being well known it's like less than one percent of the job the whole job is making videos and if you don't like making videos you should not something like this so um yeah I think it's really important to pay attention to like the process and what process makes you happy as opposed to like if it's something you want does that make sense yeah relating to this podcast I might be kind of rambly and nonsensical I That's find okay. like
2: sometimes it's not even my ability that stops me but stuff like space like I have an airbrush and I like making gumpla and I want to get to the next stage where I get to airbrush my gunpla. Because I like gunpla is like like gundams that you you make. But I don't have the space or the resources to do the airbrushing and get to that point. So I feel like there's always this like stop gap where I have all the stuff I need and I have all the desire to do it, but I don't I don't have the actual room to do these things. And that gets really frustrating because then it's just like do I really want to do it even you know um but I don't think I've ran up to a place where like like I had a hard limit with my talent because I think I I'm a very aware of what I can do like for the example making music sounds great but I know I could never do that you know so I wouldn't even attempt it um so it's more other things that stop me like finances and, and space just room like physical room to do things
0: what do you think, Brian? Yeah, I think like if you're making a short film or something, you're already like, okay, well, there's a bunch of stuff I can't do because I just don't know how to do it. I don't I don't know crazy CGI visual effects. I don't know a hundred people to be in a movie. All of a sudden, you have these rules that you've given yourself and you have to work within them. Uh, and so you have to redirect whatever passion you have into something a bit more realistic um i think that is kind of like you know you know how you always have like the bigger dream but then you have to pull it back into what's actually feasible Mm. within especially
1: like on an individual project basis
0: yeah uh sometimes you do hit a wall where you're like i have no idea how i'm gonna get to this part and it's then a case that you're gonna have to collaborate with someone else or a group of people that that could be in its own challenge itself especially if you're used to working alone all of a sudden you have to reach out to others and you have to work with their schedules what their input is uh your baby isn't your baby anymore but that's part of it uh depends on what you're going for like sometimes they're like you know you they're 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 off for whatever you're doing because it's your project they're just helping out with their tiny bit but it's just you can't do that bit because you're not a specialist in it
1: yeah, I think um it's good to be like really practical on an individual project basis. But like if there is somewhere you really want to get and you enjoy doing it, I don't think you should ever let anything stop you either. Like in the long long term, you know what I mean?
2: I think it's good to be realistic about the things that you could have access to though, you know?
1: Well that's why I say like the long, long term, mm. where it's like you could eventually have the situation whatever is stopping you. And yeah. like you shouldn't let the idea that you might not
0: limit you i guess like what strengths do you have and what and what do you enjoy training up in yeah because that can be your investment in the long run
1: yeah totally like it might not be possible now but like you don't know in like a two three years five years ten years yeah what do you guys think of this second part furthermore if you have have you ever felt inadequate about your work and if so how do you cope with this feeling
0: i think it's a fairly normal feeling I, I, everyone gets that
2: yeah as a creative if you don't feel inadequate i don't know if you're creative <laughs> like you know <laughs> i haven't yeah, i haven't yeah. met a creative person who thinks they couldn't have done something better you know or they don't think something's up to par you know they might love one thing they've done but they're like ah but the next thing you know
1: yeah i find like i learn to love past projects in hindsight But anything I'm currently working on, I can only see it as like the worst thing I've ever done.
2: I think there's a lot of stress kind of now as well to kind of try and monetize and try like your hobbies and kind of stuff that you might be into and kind of the reason why you might be doing something. So it's just like, am I inadequate when it comes to say making this shitty miniature am i inadequate if it ter- if it's me showing it online maybe yes but as kind of something just to have fun at home am i inadequate no because it was the act of making it and even if it doesn't look great you know it's trying to find this line i think with like because like as artists you want to show people what you do yeah but you also want to have fun with it and yeah it's yeah like- totally like where where where's the cutoff where do I stop caring about what it looks like to another person if I had fun with the process and that's a really hard thing to even just think about or come to terms with it's just like I don't know why I'm doing stuff sometimes like am I doing it for me at all was this ever for me you know
1: yeah I do find with a lot of big projects you really hit a crisis point like that Mm -hmm. where you're like why why did i think this was a good idea yeah this
0: wasn't worth it at all yeah and i'm too deep now and it's just going to be this weird compromised thing that i just i want to walk away from so fast yeah as, as soon as it's delivered yeah
1: like um i'm working on a thing right now and this is something i've been at for kind of weeks at this point and i feel like i'm kind of at that point where like maybe five days ago I was like this isn't happening like this just isn't going to work and now it's getting to the point where it looks like it'll probably be okay but it can be kind of exotic like that period of doubt where you're like was this ever a good idea am I doing this for me or am I doing this for another reason I think that's always going to happen a project that's important to you and in a way I feel like if something's really worth making if it's kind of very different to what you've done before and if it is difficult it's your that self doubt is inevitable like you're not going to avoid it because if you do maybe that's the point you're being too safe with stuff as well you know creatively
2: then it's like do you always need to push yourself can you just have fun with things
0: yeah like yeah it's
2: it's it's a weird thing you can like argue it either way back and forth you can be like why like the question of why is just so strong when you try and create anything
1: i think it's it's good to find that balance to be Mm -hmm. like i'm just gonna do this thing that i know i can do and it's gonna be easy and then next time i'll try and i'm gonna try and push the boat out a little bit but sometimes you think shit that's going to be easy is fucking impossible and sometimes you think stuff that you could never do turns out to be way easier than you thought as well so yeah i think like doubt is just part of the creative process and i think like what neve said is 100 percent right i think if you don't doubt that stuff that's probably a decent sign you're you're not a creative you know
2: how you deal with it um feel it and do it anyway
1: i feel like i'm still very much figuring that part out.
2: yeah it's like just do it anyway even if it means i'm doing it to move on or i'm doing it to close the chapter on this whatever this is just do, or i'm doing it because i feel satisfied i don't know it doesn't matter what the reason is just you know yourself as a creative person you need to do it in some degree so totally find that and do it
1: and like if a project goes as bad as it could possibly go, by seeing it through to the end, I feel like you're kind of leveling up something else, like completely outside the skill set, which is just the ability to get something done and move on. Mm -hmm. And that's a hard, I think that's a hard skill that a lot of creative people struggle with.
2: That's actually a good thing that I used to use is I kind of took every drawing or everything I did or everything I made as like on an experience bar and nothing is lost time because everything is gaining experience whether it's good bad or indifferent or whether i love it or hate it by the end of it it's just like i'll never make those mistakes again or i'll know how to do that better next time
1: 100 percent. yeah yeah it's okay it's okay anonymous fan and thank you for the email thank you all for the emails
0: (laughs) yeah we are so good, at sending, I wish so I good could, at sending emails I wish I could send an email I I've been
1: trying to send an email to this podcast for literally years and I cannot fucking figure it out I don't know why they call it easy mail
2: at all not enough lube
0: patreon <laughs> shoutouts here we go this is the bit where we fucking chill out hey john I got three bucks. Okay. What the fuck do I do with that shit?
1: Well, you know, Brian I always kind of advise you on financial matters. You do, you're um, a very
0: lucrative man.
1: Yeah. If this is a um, lucrative man. H- how many how many <laughs> how many dollars did you say?
0: Three fucking bones.
1: And are we talking like a year, a week?
0: Once a month. One, I have. You, you
1: have three dollars once a month. Yeah, with not in fucking do it. Okay, well, um Listen, buddy i actually know this podcast that you can get full access to their discord you can just you know you can hit them up see what's going on they might even write back we, yeah they might and might we haven't even told you like the sweetest part yet right what they will actually read something out on the air what it's called the let's fight a boss podcast patreon the fuck Patre- i know crazy you could be famous for a second Patreon.com forward slash forward slash LFAB.
0: Patreon but, dot, but, <laughs> Elf,
3: Elf,
1: it's late. I'm sorry. Elf
2: Elfs. Elves <laughs> <Ab-in>.
0: Elfs <Yeah. laughs> Patreon.com forward slash elfs avenue. Yeah. Check it out. So
1: <laughs> So you just it's you go <laughs> you go to patreon.com forward slash LFAB there'll be an address on that website that you write on an envelope put the three dollars in send it to ireland we'll get it
0: send three dollars to happy dudes send three dollars to happy dudes you feeling happy yet kids
1: <laughs> um, neve why don't you take this first shout out from zenkai jordan
2: zenkai jordan says chilling like neve on Christmas eve
0: <laughs> this was sent
2: on Christmas
0: Eve <laughs> alright I got this next one it's from Board Skeleton looks like Brian made it through 2018 without buying that Kirby soap dispenser but let's just see how we get on in 2019 I gotta tell you it's in my eBay watch list and uh, <laughs> to be continued
1: um, Charybdis Charybdis says you don't need to accept a privacy notice to listen to the boss cat are we not selling people's da- what
0: i'm working on it okay all
1: right Okay, cool guys let say we close things out
0: with our loot drop this is the bit where we give back just a little something for you guys
1: yeah a little something for you
0: just some weird videos on the internet that we want to share with you and you know watch at your own risk
1: yep absolutely neve what do you got
2: i got the gay nightmare fuck which is also my name
1: yeah that's yeah
2: <laughs> uh this is a video by the renegade cut and it's about the queer subtext encoding in freddy krueger's nightmare on elm street 2. oh i
0: love this video i know this one it's great
2: uh it's really good all of renegades cuts uh videos are really good the gay nightmare specifically is like how this was read a gay subtext what it meant at the time there's also some really good reading lists if you're into queer theory for horror so it's just a really short and good video about gay horror yeah uh
1: i got one called best reaction to my horrendously evil level um did you guys remember that uh getting over it with bennett foddy game that came out last year So basically, someone's taken the philosophy of that game, which is like this atrociously awful game where you have to get to the top of this mountain and it's really just cruel and difficult and it's all physics-based and you can fall to the bottom. Someone's taken that design and made a Mario Maker level out of it. (laughs) But what's really interesting about this level is it's the level designer explaining how the level works and the different pitfalls he's put into it. Then it cuts to a bunch of streamers just failing at the level and dying and getting so frustrated and then back to him and he'll explain the next bit and the next bit and the next bit and it takes like an hour to explain this whole level and the whole thing there's no way to die in the level it's all just like it's this really tall platform going up and up and up
0: but it just knocks you back down that to the you bottom. can
1: fall all the way down like there's kind of points where you might not fall down to the bottom or you might get super unlucky and just be knocked and knocked and knocked and it's it's such a heartbreaking level and it's such a fascinating video like it's really really good and it's like it's funny he's done some cool edits and stuff and uh, i had a really good time with this one so check it out
0: i've got two loot drops hope that's okay we'll allow it um the first is from vice's youtube and it's just the story of blue dabba d by no 65. fucking way and it's just it, it was made earlier this year and it's just the lads from 65 20 years later talking about their hit song blue and how that song got made and the 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 delayed reaction to it because they made that song a year before it got famous and they completely forgot about it <laughs> and then all of a sudden they had to like make themselves into a super group even though they didn't really have like that much of a chemistry with each other and all of a sudden they're like support acts for like all the biggest bands at summer festivals and it was before like electronic music was like super mainstream at summer festivals uh, because like it would have been before like daft punk were like proper daft punk and stuff like that and justice existed and so they didn't really fit in anywhere so they did like heavy metal shows weird did it talk about the music video at all oh yeah they they love metal gear solid they love video games. <laughs> they do and <laughs> they, they went they they went back and played Metal Gear Solid and studied it for reference for the music video. That's so funny. And they're talking about like what, what blue means to people and they're like it's just about the color blue. But if people want to interpret it a certain way, that's cool as well. I love that. That's pretty good. Um yeah, it's just a nice 30 minute documentary about how that song got made. They're they're all like trained musicians as well, it's super cool. Uh, Then the other one is the A24 podcast. They're the film distribution company. It is a conversation between Ari Aster and Robert Eggers. Ari Aster directed Hereditary and Midsommar. David uh, and, and then Robert Eggers directed The Witch and The Lighthouse, which is coming out later this year. And it's just the two of them being movie nerds for an hour. Cool. And they're just fans of each other's work. And they're just talking about, like, making movies and then doing the press kit bits and, like, they're tired and they talk about the movie and they'll say like one sentence about the movie but all of a sudden that becomes the headline for the Buzz tour of it and they're like, that's completely out of context. <laughs> and it, It's just interesting to hear filmmakers talk about stuff.
2: That Lighthouse trailer looked cool. Oh my
0: god, Spill the
1: Beans. Oh, I haven't watched
2: it yet. It's very good.
0: Okay, I really like how it's subtitled because they're not speaking like the King's English. They're speaking like just... They sound like the sailor or like the 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 guy in the simpsons what's he called sea captain yeah it's just it's two characters who are the sea captain in a lighthouse nice and it's it gets real weird i'm fucking psyched for that film
2: yeah it's all black and white looks great
0: stars willem dafoe and robert pattinson
1: nice yeah guys that's gonna do it for this very special monday episode let's fight a boss podcast it's not that special because we're all gonna meet him Monday day after this
3: yeah uh
0: yeah. i hope the beginning of your week was as strong as we are tired now just don't go to work you know what just, yeah, just don't, don't go, go to game. work no hang on just <laughs> ring them up and go nope <laughs> not happening buddy that is your real name bob mm-hmm. uh just tell them uh, let's fight elves uh l fab podcast 2019 <laughs> dreams are real screaming nightmares keep, keep it coming keep going. just words who
2: just, fucking cares just words
0: just fade in the music as I talk I about let's talk about ducks once more bring it right back to the beginning John what have you got to say about ducks quack out one big one for us
1: quack quack motherfuckers <laughs> <laughs> this
3: podcast is bad <laughs>